0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'll be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And for today's what, we'll be using my Watch Out for Fireballs brand quantum cronputer to visit the forums at No Mutants Allowed throughout time. For those who don't know, No Mutants Allowed are rabid fans of the video game Fallout. Let's get started. In the fun to seckle forum in the History Should Be Better forum, forum admin The Master's Pet starts a thread entitled Penicillin. At what cost? And he writes... Hey guys, I'm not sure if you heard the news coming out of this volume of, quote-unquote, the Royal Society, but apparently our, quote-unquote, benevolent overlords at the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro are taking it upon themselves to gild a lily yet again. I guess some character named John Tyndall realized that penicillium rubens in the appropriate substrate will fight infection. Of course, here at the NMA message boards, we've known how to fight infection all along. Thoughts? And Vault Dweller 13.1 replies, This constantly happens when a new agency thinks they can just take over the established conventions. I have been a fan of fighting infections since the 1700s, and I use leeches. Good old-fashioned 2D isometric leeches. And Shady Sandy ads. This is just like the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro. There is no way they'll capture the proper tone and feeling of leeches and bloodletting. And we leave the fundusseckel subform to look at a post by forum user Tim Kane SuperChrist in the civil rights subform entitled "Shirt Factory Fire, the Hell." And he says, "I don't know if you've been following the New York Post, but apparently the government is all up in a tizzy over labor reform due to some sort of triangle shirtwaist factory fire nonsense." Anyone have the story? And F E V Dipster responds. I know exactly what it is. A bunch of people died in a shirt factory and the government, without even consulting the labor reform community, decided that we needed a new version of the laws. I think the laws are just fine, and this is a criminal disrespect of citizens who have loyal and enthusiastic about the current labor laws for well over a century. Why change what works? An 80-tum anonymous adds. Dipster. I completely agree. We saw the same thing happen during American Rev. Bunch of 2D classic style colonies were waiting for a proper similar progression and then a bunch of idiots with no sense of history go and start a revolution without consulting us all. And the glowworm response. When will they learn? I suggest everyone on No Mutants Allowed agree to boycott these new labor laws, no matter how well-received they are or how many of the original founders give their blessing. It's the principle, I can say sight unseen, that these laws are inferior to the original. Despite this, these laws will get a Metacritic score higher than the laws from our gilded age. The press has no respect for our classic way of doing things. And besides, anyone in the factory should have known to watch out for fireballs. Thank you.
0: My name is Gary Butterfield.
2: My name is Cole Ross.
0: And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It's a retro video games podcast.
2: And this week, we are continuing our conversation about Fallout, which is a PC game developed by Interplay Entertainment in uh, 1997. Uh, It also
0: came out on Mac, which I like. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, it has this like blend of 50s, uh, you know, sci-fi. You know, kind of thing post apocalyptic. If you don't, if you're not familiar with the game, um, you know, if you're not going to play it, at least go back and listen to the last episode. It's, you know, it's, it's going to make this make a whole lot of sense. And we covered a lot of the generalities and kind of, um, what's neat about the setting and, and what's neat about that tone in that first episode.
2: Yeah. So the purpose of this episode is going to be talking, you know, it's going to be to talk about the back nine and to really discuss the product as a whole and also kind of how it brings all of its themes, uh, home. Yep.
0: So, the, So the plot so far, um, you were tasked with uh, getting a water chip for your vault. You live in this, this giant underground vault, and uh, the chip malfunctions, so you need water. And uh, where we're picking up is you've saved your vault's water supply, but you discovered a greater threat. Um, so there's this booming population of mutants and super mutants, and the Overseer tasked you with going out to find their source and stop their advance.
2: Yeah, so when you're investigating this threat, you're drawn to the Brotherhood of Steel, which is this organization that seeks out pre-war technology in order to uh, you know ensure the security of humanity. Uh, you also find a military base in the Northwest and ultimately a cathedral on the remains of Los Angeles uh, and there you find the master who is a person who is so horribly mutated that he is actually fused with computers and a bunch of other people and he is implementing a plan. To destroy the human race and uh, unite the wasteland under mutant rule.
0: Right, and unless you decide to join him and do the, you know, join the the Dragon Quest Dark Lord <laughs> ending. Um, you end up destroying the master and you drive his mutant army eastward. And then uh, when you, uh, you know, attempt to uh, return to Vault Thirteen, the overseer Seer thanks you for your service, but he exiles you because you were going to inspire people to leave the vault. In one of my, you know, favorite video game endings. Yeah. Super super downer. <laughs> um and uh yeah and that's the ending and it really uh man do i love like the last shot of this game yeah like with the with, the, with maybe and the iconic you know you walking away dejected from yeah. the uh from the vault
2: god the, the the more i listen to maybe and you know hear it in the context of the game you know just the, the the whole just that one line maybe you'll think of me when you're all alone as the main character walks off into the sunset Yep. you know just that that was such a smart thematic you know d- d- device for them because so much about this game is being lonely even if you spend the majority of it with um you, you know three or four other people um and maybe right. that that holds more true for like uh for Fallout 3 um i i would say New Vegas but that that's less of a lonely game so maybe they should have switched and it should have been World on Fire for this one and maybe for the third uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's still great for that scene.
0: Yeah, I like that that ending part of that. Still, you know, still kind of gives me chills a little bit yeah. when I watch it. I used to work at a, a copy place for a university, and I, which mean meant I had unlimited access to a color printer. <laughs> and I used to make myself little video game posters, and I had a lot of the loading screens and still shots from this game up on the wall of my office, Um, including that nice. that, that shot of him walking away from the vault. <laughs> So so where we left off, um, Cole, I, I believe, in just kind of taking a look at the notes here, that you were going to clean up and do a little bit of stuff in the hub that you had missed. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was delinquent in doing my homework last time, and I didn't do, you know, some of the major stuff in the hub before we finished. So I would just like to, you, you know, cover a little bit of that before we get to the second half of the game proper, which really begins when you go to the Brotherhood of Steel. Mm-hmm. So you you recommended last episode that we um that we talked, you know, that I go and do the Fargo traders because that was that provided you with a plot significant motivation to go after uh the uh the brotherhood of steel. Um do and, after and to go after the mutants. To after the mutants, yeah, yeah. Because you find a dying mutant in a uh in in, in a in a death claw lair.
0: Yeah, these these uh these traders um their everyone's caravans are being attacked, but the the Fargo traders are being attacked more than than others. Right. And uh, you, you know you go to investigate and kind of following some clues in town, you find out that um, you know some people believe that it's a, a death claw. the um the crazy the crazy dude brings you out, Slappy. Yep, Slappy brings you out there. I think. Yes, he um, does. Little Slappy. You have, to, you have
2: to talk to Harold because he's one of the only one of the only people who's ever encountered a death claw, um, and escaped quote unquote
0: alive. Hmm. Um. Slappy. Everyone. He has a floating quote. Uh, quote where he says, uh, "Let's play thermonuclear war," which I always appreciated. <laughs> yeah, um, but the uh, yeah, and then this is the first time so you go out to this cave and you think it's going to be a Deathclaw, and you do find a Deathclaw here, and this is your first fight. Then mm. it's kind of the first like boss fight in the game,
2: right?
0: You know, like the game isn't really structured that way. Um, there are a couple of things you can consider bosses later on as well, but the uh, you know this is this is a, a big serious tough fight, um, and if you. Um, you know a lot of characters are kind of speaking in hushed tones about what a death claw <laughs> is and they build it up quite a bit and apparently like i guess it's it's very similar to it's based on um the dungeons and dragons second edition art for the teraskew oh really or the, the first edition art but the second edition art is the one that i know but yeah if you look at a teraskew or a google image search that that's what the death claw is based on huh. according to uh chris havolony and his uh
2: Fallout Bible. See, see, I, I always thought of the terrasque with, uh, with with more of a like a turtle like appearance, but I could see that actually now. Hmm. Wow. Yes, we are. I just, you know, and this is one of those instances where it would have, where it would have been better if I had, um, played this first before I played Fallout Three, where you, um, especially in the Broken Steel, um, expansion, encounter Deathclaws by the, by you know, and like scads and scads of claws, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, even though I mean I really like how they handle. Uh, oh, it's great. Like the first Deathclaw encounter in Fallout Three is really harrowing, and you know it gets across the fact that they're fast, which oh, uh, Fallout One you know only kind of does.
2: Yeah, but but it's it's, it's great because everybody that you talk to about Deathclaws they say like it may be a ghost or it's a demon or something like that, and when it turns out that it's just this mutant, <laughs> yeah, it's it's both underwhelming and overwhelming
0: in a certain sense. Uh, I, I love that time. they think it's a, a ghost or a demon because it plays into that kind of uh, you know like the, a superstitious world <laughs> yeah, that these people live in. Exactly. Like you're, you're you're rebuilding society from the ground up, and you start believing in, in things like that again. And it's so you funny know, because
2: because like so many awful things has, you know so many awful things have happened. Right. And it's just kind right. of like science is all around you and you're seeing the repercussions of a of a technology driven world taken to the taken to the very extreme and then beyond the brink and over the edge. And you're still <laughs> you still yeah. aso- associate this with 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 demons.
0: Well, what is it? What it is, is that that technology over the edge kind of pushes the reset button. Yeah, it's, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and they, they take that a lot further in Fallout 2, like the protagonist of Fallout 2, you're, you're a tribesman. Like, there is mm-hmm. a, you, you know, you belong to a tribe. Um, so, there, and, you know, that's really interesting. And there are tribals who are these kind of like second class citizens, but it makes a sense, you know, that, that people would return to these kind of, you know, because oh, you have to start over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
2: And, like, you you only have a couple of, like, bastions of, of like, scientific, rational knowledge the followers of the apocalypse and, and the brotherhood, right? Mm-hmm. And both yeah. of them are regarded with such superstition. Yeah, right. okay, so I can understand that. I was kind of like, yeah. why would anybody disagree with the followers? Like the, right. they, they make so much sense. But I'm watching this as somebody who is living in the twentieth century and they are meant to be sympathetic to our point of view, but not to the point of not view. Not to of the characters in the game. Exactly there, yeah. yeah.
0: So yep. yeah. Um, when you when you finally take out this deathclaw, how did you uh, purport yourself against your first deathclaw fight in it
2: One? I um had him so outnumbered. And I, I had I had already um, like given Ian the uh, the sawed off uh, sniper rifle, and you know Tycho had the, uh, the 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 combat shotgun, and I had the sniper rifle. It actually went really really well. It only took one try, which is which is saying a lot for me personally. And mm-hmm. it was just a matter of um, I would I would take a shot and use whatever AP I had left to keep my distance. Mm-hmm. Um and just trying there and I got a couple of he got a couple of hits in on me but uh, but in general it was kind of like I got this
0: that's a, that's a good strategy whenever you're fighting anyone melee is to take a shot and then walk away and make them use their points to catch up to you
2: because I mean at the at the very least it'll take away at least one of their attacks if they have to move two more um right. you know, two more squares
0: there's a really good perk um I didn't end up taking it through this playthrough but the the bonus move perk gives you. Three uh, AP that can only be used for movement.
2: Yeah, that's Perfect. nice. Yeah, um, that 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 would that would have come in handy later, actually. Because one of I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead. One of my uh, one of my strategies in the mutant base, and really in any place where like I was in corridors, was to um, take a shot and then move around a corner and then yeah. use. Use AP to move back out of the corner, take a shot, and move back. So it actually turned into this perverse kind of top down popping. And pop and
0: yeah, shot. it's like a Gears so, of War.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: yeah, pre Gears yeah. of War. Exactly. Uh, the the important, the plot significant point of, of finding this uh, Deathclaw is that he has a mutant in his cave who has a, a data disc that kind of outlines a little bit of the, the mutant presence mm-hmm. in the area. And this is the first hint that you get of this. Um, if you're not if you're not breaking sequence, and the game has a very loose sequence, so right. you could have run into the the super mutants uh, necropolis first. But yeah. I think that like if you, this is the first time they're meant to be hinted at because you're supposed to go to the hub before you go to ne- necropolis.
2: Right, and th- and that's what happened to me. I went to necropolis first before I spent very much time in the hub.
0: Mm-hmm. So.
2: It still made it still made a certain degree of sense because when I got to Necropolis, it was like, "Holy shit, what are these dudes?" And in the back of my mind, oh, okay, yeah, they're they're super mutants because I've seen them before. But that provided enough justification to go back to the overseer and say. Um, hey, yeah, there are these dudes, they're big and green and they want everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of like breaking sequence and stuff like that, um, this is something that I did a little bit later, but it was r- related to the hub. So last episode, you told me to go to somebody in the warehouse district, um, and fight a bunch of gangland toughs and free, uh, somebody who was being held hostage. Mm-hmm. He ended up being uh, like a like a brotherhood initiate, and it was a tough fight. That was a that was one of the harder fights that I had yeah. to like reload on more until I found the winning the winning strategy, which was to fire through the windows. Um, I did that, and I don't know if I got the uh, the benefit that you were alluding to when you were talking about that. So can you can you um, tell me more?
0: It's um it makes it's one of the pathways to getting uh, power armor. In the Brotherhood of Steel, it's the easiest pathway to getting it. Is it? Yes. So it may be, but it also this game has a lot of um, like esoteric stuff going on behind the scenes. So it may also be attached to a to a skill role. So it may be something where if you do this, it brings up the option. Like one of the people you run into in the Brotherhood of Steel, you can you can ask about. He says, "Oh, thank you for bringing back, uh, sending back Vance." Blah, blah blah. Is there anything I can do for you? And like one of your your, if you say yes, then you have an option to ask for like some weapons or ask for a power armor. And uh, I was able—that's how I was able to get power armor more or less right off the bat um, right. when I got to the Brotherhood.
2: See, it's it's funny because when I got to the Brotherhood, and you know, my 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 first objective was I want this power armor because I'm tired of dying in two or three shots. Um, and
0: power armor is necessary, and they big. give you they give you a lot of ways to get it because of that.
2: Yeah, the way that I got it once I got to the Brotherhood was um, trickery, actually, mm-hmm. in the way that I play it, because you know I was talking to. Uh, the guy in the, uh, in in the armory about, like, hey, what are you repairing here? And saying, yeah, we've got this, we've got this power armor. It's got a defective eyepiece. It's just not as pretty, but they won't, they want to prove it, et cetera. And he hinted that he needed this item and that, uh, the quartermaster, uh, would be able to give it to me. I was like, oh, cool. So I can just go and convince him. So I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I talked to Michael, the quartermaster. I was like, hey, this is an emergency. Like, I need this now or else people are going to die. I took it down, I gave it to him, he repaired it, and I just stole it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's perfectly valid. You can also, um, you know, kill, like, it's, it's pretty tough, but you can kill for it as well. Like, I've done playthroughs where I've, I've murdered my way into getting power armor, God. and uh, that's, really, that... that's really tough. Does that aggro the whole base? It does, but there's so many corridors and doors in the base that it's, it's nothing but choke points. Yeah. So you can, you know, it's, it's, you don't take on very many people at a time. But a lot of them are very tough. Um, you know. But you, most there aren't very many people with power armor in the Brotherhood of Steel. They're the kind of guards near the elevators, but a lot of the people are just wearing the combat armor. Yeah, it's either the paladins uh, or the scribes. Um, I like when you first get to the uh, the, the Brotherhood of Steel and uh, you run into uh, Cabot, <laughs> who is voiced by uh, um, uh, mole from Nightcourt. Um, really? Yeah. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah so so you run into you find this uh, the brotherhood of steel and uh you you know they in order to get you in let you in they have you um did we did we cover the glow last episode No
2: no and actually I have it mislabeled and mislabeled it in, in the notes here I called it the hub um okay. we didn't talk about the glow the glow last time um I love this area um and I didn't spend as much time here as I would like for one yeah, specific really-
0: reason <laughs> talk to me through your way through the glow. so you just you're supposed to go to this holy site of the, the Brotherhood of seal and bring back something that proves that you were you were there.
2: yeah so so the glow is this area. um it's, it's it turns out to be a vault that is uh that that is so heavily irradiated that nothing can exist there. um and and even when you are uh wandering in the area, it's kind of like if you wander in the northwest, you get encountered by super mutants with uh laser chain guns. Mm-hmm. Um, who will crit, you know, critical hit everybody in your party in one shot, and then you'll die. Um, in this area, like even around it, if you get into a random encounter, you will be irradiated. Um, and what they mean for you to do is to get enough um, radiation chems that you're able to survive there. Mm-hmm. But in trying to clean up the hub, I accidentally killed the drug dealer who sells you the oh, rad no. chems.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> oh, no. And it was enough saves ago that uh, it was it was way back in the mist.
0: He's so, really aggressive. Like, it's easy to, to aggro that
2: guy. I walked into that room and I was like, What the fuck you doing here, boy? And I was like, um, yeah. I'm here what? What? for the stuff. Yeah, exactly. I hate my dad. Um, no, it's no, <laughs> no, kind of like, Okay, I'm going to shoot him. I'm like, Okay, if he's going to shoot me, I'll shoot him. They wouldn't make somebody who is plot integral uh, so aggressive, <laughs> so I would kill him. Um, you know, just following the general rules of every game ever, but no big deal.
0: To, to be fair, like you can get this isn't he isn't the only source of radiation drugs in the game. Um, you can you can buy them from the boneyard as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and doing I mean, my I mean not we, that yeah
0: I mean not that you would have had to you made it through obviously.
2: Yeah, but. and and the way that I made it through was to go like entirely trash can man from the stand mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, I have no radex, but I have some rad away. Um, I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to get irradiated to all fuck, and make my way through. And there, there are very few, if any, enemies in there. So it was like, you know, it was like I was holding my breath underwater to go get the thing
0: that I needed. Which, like, in in like in like a a plot way, is really cool. Like in kind of an RP way. Like, uh, just I'm gonna take some drugs that are gonna make me feel better after this. Yeah. Uh, And then just trying to get in and out is, you know, I I imagine that was like fairly pretty tense. Nope.
2: it was great I mean I don't like I don't like time limits but it was not a uh, it was not an explicit time limit
1: Mm -hmm. um,
2: which is which is cool Um, (laughs) and I would have believed the fiction I would have been like really you know like okay with it if after I left the glow um, it wasn't giving me flavor text that said like you're constantly vomiting up your own teeth and your skin is falling from your bones (laughs) (laughs) And it's neat because when you're trying to travel over the world map, it stops you every couple of every couple of squares and drops you into the map, even if there are no enemies, because you're too sick to carry. on. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like this would ruin a person entirely, except I talked to somebody in the Brotherhood and got entirely healed of my rats.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's like yeah, they just gave you an injection or something. Yeah, exactly.
2: And replace the skin on my bones and my teeth. Yeah, tons of
0: skin, skin grafts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the there's actually like more to the glow, but it's optional. There's tons like, of so like
2: plot-relevant stuff, right?
0: Yeah, like you can you can continue to go further down into it, and uh, um, to open up the doors, you have to reactivate the security system. So it ends up becoming kind of a tougher combat area in the game. But you learn a lot about. Um, Why, you know, because it's obviously it's been destroyed, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's been like nuked to all hell. So like, what was the target? And uh, this it was instrumental in the creation of the FEV, the forced evolutionary virus, which ended up being kind of the big kind of plot motivator for the Fallout games. Yeah.
2: And 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 like if I if I have two regrets about this playthrough, a I didn't get the alien blaster, even though I tried Mm -hmm. my damnedest. Um, and B, I didn't get to go spend more time in the glow. Um, for a little bit of behind the scenes information, I beat this game about 15 minutes before we uh, started recording. Um, so, if you yeah. want
0: to get um, like, I know how much you like in game lore. Mm-hmm. Like, go to like the Fallout Wiki and read the the data discs and stuff that yeah. you would find here. And some of the stuff you'd find later. Like, we'll talk about it when we get to uh, Mariposa. Um, but the there's a couple of. Uh, um, You know, like really interesting, very plot-relevant things I got and didn't have time to read, and I went. I spent some, definitely spent some time on the wiki, like, you know, reviewing. Um, yeah. Some of the plot stuff, because it's a lot of the story is told in that, you know, on the surf, there's a surface level story, but all the background is kind of behind the scenes.
2: And and, and I did that a little bit for the master before I got in here because I didn't I didn't entirely understand his motivations or his plans. Yeah, because, because of the path that I took to get here. And I really liked that part. I am not averse to going into the wiki. My big fear is that before I play Fallout 2, which is the last major game in the series that I have no knowledge of. Um you get that's spoiled, yeah, 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 so i am afraid to touch any of that, like even the t v trope summary or anything like that, and yeah, like, rele- so relevant I get tier, it
0: like, it. like yeah I mean, that's um but when you get back into the Brotherhood of Steel, you know you're able to get in, you do that trickery to get uh, the power armor and a lot of different ways to get it um and you learn a lot uh from the from this area. um I've always thought the Brotherhood of Steel was really fucking badass like i I like these guys a lot um kind of throughout all the games. Um, one of the cool things is there's a, a lady there who will do surgery for your stats, um, and it has an interesting cost because like you you have all this money that you've been saving up, and they're like you know she tells you like I can increase your perception by one. It's going to cost you two thousand caps, but it's going to take four weeks. And before the second time limit was removed from the game, like that was actually really substantial. That's a big deal. You know, so you, yeah. So you had to make this kind of cost benefit, you know, like maybe, you know, one more point of dexterity or agility is going to give me enough action points to succeed. But I'm going to have to be twice as quick because, you know, I have that much less time.
2: And like once once, you know, the critical path through the game and, you know, if you if you fact it or if you look at a walkthrough or anything like that, the like you have enough time to get through it. Like, you know, oh absolutely. It, any any idiot following the critical path would be able to get through this before any kind of arbitrary time limit. Um, but, uh, if you, if you weren't operating with that kind of tether, you know, there's nothing to stop you from just like, well, I don't know where to go. So I'm going to explore every single square on the map.
0: Yeah. And that's a, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and that's well, in the game, like, I think we talked about this last episode, but the game has like, you know, when you talk to people, they say like, Hey, there's another time you can ask them. Like most people have an option to ask them about other settlements Yeah, and they can put them on your map. So the game isn't meant to be really played that way. Right. Like, uh, but I uh, took too long in my playthrough, so when I got to the ending, like I got a lot of downer endings for a lot of different uh, places. Yeah, because I, I think that they're in time. So you know, if you spend some time and do the side stuff, you kind of get. But I like downer endings. Yeah. And, and I'm you know I'm into it, so it doesn't bother me. But it definitely happened. Yeah. Um, did you get so super critical though? Did you <laughs> get the uh, uh, autopsy disc?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes, I did, um, and I was very happy with what that enabled. And we can talk about it when we get to that point. I just um, want, to,
0: yeah, we. I don't want to spoil. Like, jump ahead too much, but I just want to make sure you got it because it's a one of the most plot important items in the game.
2: Yeah, and it's not telegraphed really at all. Um, no. I was, I was curious enough, you know, for, from a series standpoint about mutants because I know that kind of this this plot line is where everything kind of stems from in the series. Makes sense because mm-hmm. it's the first game in the series. Um, and so just like anything I could, that I could learn about the mutant threat. I, you know, I was, I was, I was hungry for it. So when she said, oh, but they can never propagate, I was like, well, why are, why do they exist a hundred years later? Um, and I was like, let let me follow this. And I was like, well, what's your proof? Like, I got this and I, you know, uploaded to my pit boy and I got rid of the data disc a while ago. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Here we go. And then I went on mm-hmm. and then I went on until it finally paid off.
0: Yeah. And it pays off in such an awesome way.
2: Oh God. Yeah. Like
0: I love the way it pays off.
2: Is this, so, mm, mm, well, well, we'll, we'll, ask this later. Um, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, force this, uh, you know, yeah, get yeah. The f- climax
0: right I, I, don't, I
2: don't want to initiate the forced discussion virus to this podcast, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: the, the FDV. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so naturally if you're following the progression at this point, your next stop is gonna be the boneyard, which is uh LA.
2: Yes. Um and I didn't I didn't realize that until I saw the map and I was like, Oh, it's LA. I knew it was by the coast, but I figured it was San Diego. But uh, San Diego is actually um it's alluded to by uh, I, I forget is it Katya or is it the followers talking about uh, uh like the, the, the day glow or something like that.
0: I think I think I think it's uh, uh Katya talks yeah. about it. Um yeah, there's a lot of like just like hints of other places that you've never been to yeah. in this game throughout all the games, and it's a really rich. Uh, kind of, I love I love in video games where people just kind of throw off offhanded references to things that kind of fire your imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, so they just bring up some, like there's a thing in um, in the Fallout Bible where they talk about uh, Salt Lake City being overrun by mantises. <laughs> So then just like a city crawling with those things. And it's like, man, somebody make a game where I can fight my way through that and fight whatever's mm-hmm. in, the in the middle of that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, just I love that stuff. Like, yeah, that's really cool. And and
2: that's and that's why I retroactively appreciate their decision to set um, Fallout 3 in D.C. Yeah. Man, the lore in this game just uh, is it, like it, uh, it's, it's got it's got two sides to it. On one side, it feels like a very straightforward, simple kind of game. But playing it in hindsight with with knowledge of at at least of what three and new vegas do i just i like i feel like i'm appreciating appreciating it more now than Mm. i would have appreciated three or new vegas if i had played them after playing this
0: yeah Yeah. um
2: or or at the very least appreciating it as much as if i did it the other way around it's it's very cool
0: i i kind of fucked up the boneyard i'll be interested to see to hear how what you did with it um so like the, the kind of central quest of the, the boneyard is you end up in um Editim and uh there is, that's a, a settlement in there and um the mayor of it is high is pissed off because there's a gang called the blades and the uh the leader killed his son right. and he's super upset um how did you how did you play this
2: um, because I play these games as so essentially non-aggressive, um, mm-hmm. what they wanted me to do was listen to the listen to this guy and say, "Man, that was a real dick move of them to kill your kid." Um, let's go, let's go to these people and um, you know just you, you know take a take a shotgun and clean up the streets, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I went to the blades and I saw the non-violent option, which was, you know, I am here because Zimmerman sent me to kill you for killing his son. I was like that was the that was the non-red option which wouldn't immediately initiate combat. Um and then she gave her um her proof which was I believe a hollow disk. I was yeah. like okay this is this is curious. Um so I was like well let's see what happens so I made a quick save and I was like okay I can always reload at this but you know if if it doesn't end up panning out which again is you know uh Ludo narrative dissonance. (laughs) Um, um, No, but it's like this this game encourages you to quick save, so it's like, so let's see what happens here because obviously they're hinting at something. If they give me an item and say, you know, this is more complex than it is. Generally in Fallout, things are more complex than they seem to be. Right. So I took it back, and this guy in in the mirror was it was it was really funny because he said. All you fuckers gonna die or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, the regulators say you've outlived your use- uh, usefulness. They critical hit him, and then it's me clearing out all of adatum with uh, you-, you know of-, of-, of the regulators, which uh, the populace would thank me
0: for. Um, which, which when when I did it, I mean, how much of the populace survived? Because like my I did a very similar thing to what you did, but uh, you know, by the time I was done with it just about everyone was dead like I had a real feeling of like I should not have poked my nose in this you know like everybody here wishes I they never met me because I showed up and and caused this trouble and uh you know hit this tipping point that you know these uh these kind of enforcer people are kind of you know keeping this this townspeople um you know around just to, to keep control over them and I was the person who kind of fucked that up and so many people died like more or less a ghost town by the time I left.
2: Yeah. I did did you get the gun runners involved at all?
0: I, I did, but I I there's an interesting um thing that I thought was a, a problem in the game, but it actually it gets explained away. So the uh when you when you go back and you, you talk to the the leader of the blades and she says that uh you know, no, this is Bunko, um you can encourage her to fight back and she says oh they don't have any weapons, but the gun runners might um you know hook them up. So if you go to the gun runners which, for a gun store, has a really remote location. I'm like, who are the customers of the Gunrunners? They have a fucking like, moat. It, it kind of seems like you would need
2: the guns that they sell in order to get to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so they're just surrounded by death claws in a radioactive moat. Like, what, what an inconvenient location, Gunrunners. Um, but you go there, and in exchange for clearing out um, some death claws from a, uh, an abandoned nightclub in, a, in another map, they will... Uh, you know, either give you a lot of, of guns or you can arm the, um, arm the blades. And I chose to arm the blades. And then when I went to, um, back to the leader of the blades, she's like, all right, you're ready to take them on. And I was like, let me go see what, uh, the mayor has to say first. And she's like, well, I don't recommend it, but go ahead. And, uh, cause I just wanted to see if like, if I told him, I couldn't remember if like if I told him about it, what would happen? I went there, everything went to shit. I reloaded and she was gone. And I, I thought it was what? an error. Like, she, like, disappeared. I thought it was a problem. But then when I, I learned that if you go there and kill all the regulators, if you come back, she's, she's back. And she says she went into hiding because you went to go tell the mayor. Right. And she was scared for her life. Hmm. So.
2: Yeah. See, for me, it was a matter of um, I can take on one Deathclaw, which you found in the, you know, the Fargo quest. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't take on three or four. <laughs> to get to the gun yeah. runners, you know, so I was like, well, let me see if I can take them on, on my own. And in, um, posthumous facking, I, um, you know, found out that if you involve the gun runners, it's more likely that you will aggro the, uh, the general community. Whereas if it's just, you, you know, you, and Tycho and dog meat, um, you're actually able to control the carnage. And I was actually able to like take out one building quick save because, like, I, like the, the combat was so separated, and it was just a matter of going building to building, building and clearing
0: out the regulators once they aggroed me. See, I, something, there may have been a scripting thing, because as soon as the, the fight started... So one thing I did is I went into combat mode right away to try to save the mayor, so I can kill that guy behind him. And you can do that if you can kill him in one turn. You can save the mayor. And I was like, oh, maybe he'll have neat dialogue for me if, uh, if he survives. He's not meant to survive. No. And he just kind of glitches out. But something happened in the entire town, more or less went kind of aggro. So the combat was taking forever because I was waiting for people all the way across town to get murdered by regulators. <clears throat> and it was all these named PCs were popping up, getting killed. Um, I did, wasn't able to get the hardened power armor because of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was yeah, happy. Miles got killed.
2: Yeah, my, Miles and, uh, the, and the blacksmith dude, yeah. Mm. That that was that yeah. was a happy side effect of me being too chicken shit to take on uh, three death Claws.
0: The yeah, the death claws man like you, you just gotta gotta use those dark souls skills and draw them out. <laughs> try try fighting one at a time. Yeah, yeah. You know? I They're... should have put down some some more soapstone for you. <laughs> try fighting one at a time.
2: Yeah, and, and like I, I came back later once I once I had um, energy weapons actually mm. to to take them out. Um, and, you know, just kind of like better equipment for my people and everything. And like there, there, there was something that made the difference between where I was when I first did this quest and when I cleaned them out in order to keep doing the, uh, the hardened, the hardened power armor quest, uh, which I was happy I did because it made me fucking invulnerable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get, I mean, the, this, the power armor is one of the, like the most empowering power, like just say power, like a thousand times, one of the most empowering power <laughs> yes. ups in like video game history. Right. Like, it's such a big deal. And that's one of the things I don't like about 3 and 4, is it's not such a big deal in 3 and 4. No. Like, and it doesn't, uh, this bumps your strength 4 points when you get it. And the best ones in Fallout 3 are weight neutral. Right. Like, because it had, you know, it just boosted enough to, so it doesn't, so it pays for itself Mm -hmm. weight-wise. But, like, in the first two Fallout games, when you get the power armor, shit is on. And the second one is better about keeping things balanced. Like, there are bigger, badder forms of power armor, and bigger, badder enemies that can still hurt you when you have it. But being able to get this kind of, like, super armor that makes you immune to just regular bullets, I really like. Yeah. That makes sense to me.
2: I like the flavor text that comes out once you have the power armor, um, which is, like, uh, when somebody gets a critical hit on you, but it does under, like, 10 or so damage, which says, like, you know, they scored a critical, critical hit on you for three damage. Uh, you know, the, the the bruise will last a while, and maybe you can talk about the scar at parties. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but it's like, so like, so no not a big deal.
0: Being, being shot. Yeah. yeah. In the death claws, like you fought, so you fought the death claw mother in the basement.
2: No, no, I didn't actually. I never, oh. I never took care of them. All I went into that warehouse district for was um, to get the junk from the dead merchant.
0: In the, in the basement of the nightclub, there's a, a death claw mother and eggs. And if you kill the mother and the eggs, then they all stop respawning and you've saved you know, the surrounding town from, from death claws. That makes sense. Um, it's a really tough fight. The Deathclaw Mother is really hard.
2: <clears throat> yeah.
0: So that took me several tries. It's also dark in the basement, which is one of the only areas where, um, like, the low light vision perk or flares are really useful. Yeah. Because it's really hard to hit her.
2: There are so many perks and you know even skills yeah. that are only useful in one or two instances.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's something that it took them a long time. I I want to say that didn't really become a thing until New Vegas. Where they, I felt like almost everything was useful, mm-hmm. you know, like where you because it would add dialogue options based on yeah. non-dialogue based skills. But for the first three Fallouts, you know, there's definitely tiers of, of usefulness and perks and, and traits and, and skills. Yeah. And um, if, if they
2: had grouped them into saying like, "Hey, this one is a combat skill, this one is a um, traversal skill, and this one is a kind of you environment skill," mm-hmm. like that would have been fine because you could like pick, you know, pick like a Chinese menu, pick one of each of these categories, and go ahead. Mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah just the fact that they're all in this kind of melange and even the fact that all of the perks are arranged alphabetically instead of in order of uh like when you unlock them
0: yeah yeah that's frustrating yeah. Hm. um the other the other big thing in the boneyard is the uh the followers of the apocalypse yeah
2: yeah and i thought i did everything for them um you know i, I went there and i got katya and i talked to nicole and i found out i found out about the uh uh, history of the followers and i was like yeah dad I, I dig it you know it's great you know I, i'm on you know i'm on record um hey. as <laughs> <saying> the, <laughs> the 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 followers are the coolest no, part that, that's it. a new voice for you what's that
0: that's a new voice for you
2: is it yeah like yeah that's a that's a new nerd voice for
0: you
2: <laughs> i'm on record as, oh. as saying mermaids. the full oh i'm on record as <laughs> mermaids mermaids they're the ladies of the sea. Uh, yeah, um, um, but I, I don't even know what you're making reference to. I made up my uh, own no, song. Like it, damn words. it! Is it okay? Yeah. Um, but no. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have said before. On this podcast, on this show, therefore being on the record since we are recording right now, that the the that the followers of the apocalypse, coolest part of the Fallout universe to me, at least as far as like humanity goes, they seem like the best hope, even though there is this resistance among all of the other wasteland survivors.
0: Yeah. The you can't really save them in this, and it's partly cut content. Really? Yeah. The, the so there's a spy working in the the. Followers of the Apocalypse, and there's a... You can get the quest to remove them, but you can never resolve it, because it was it was dummied out.
2: Yeah, that, uh, that was a bummer when I got to the end, and it said, the Followers of the Apocalypse were wiped out. Yeah, don't scattered
0: to the winds, or, or whatever the, the phrase is. Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty... They don't do very much with them. And I'm tempted to say that the, the game starts cutting corners in the end game, but the military base and the cathedral are so rich that like I don't yeah, really think that's yeah. the case. I just think that... Um and it's it's on record that the boneyard definitely had the most cut from it. Right. Like the boneyard has a lot of content that was supposed to be included. It you was, can read about it on the wiki, it's all pretty interesting.
2: It was like they, they could have had the hub or the boneyard but not both. And they chose yeah. the hub.
0: Yeah. The uh the other thing that's interesting and, and last episode I, I had to you know correct myself, I said I thought there was another area that was impacted by um if you uh get to it too late and gets invaded by mutants. Um, I was thinking of the endings. However, I did learn that that was planned. So, there, all of the communities in the game were meant to be invaded by mutants at some point. If you didn't uh, get to them at a certain point, right. so if you're playing the game and you got to even somewhere like Junktown after 80 days instead of after you know 10 days, it would be overrun by super mutants and would be entirely different. And Shady Sands and all of the areas, like the super mutants, are supposed to be much more aggressive in their their expansion. Right. Um, but that was, that was taken out of the game.
2: And this is where it gets really tricky as far as like, you know, you have a series and just by necessity, because they didn't have like Mass Effect style you know, world importing, you know, there, there's a canonical thing. So like, if you didn't rescue Tandy, would the NCR have been founded?
0: Yes. The NCR plays a major part in Fallout 2.
2: It would have, but they say that like Tandy and, uh, Erakash or whatever his name is, um, you yeah. know, they 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 set out and basically refounded civilization on the west coast. And if I didn't save Tandy, would that have happened?
0: It's it's a canon ending. <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty common in in games. You know, like when we have choices. Like I think Mass Effect is the outlier there, then yeah, as opposed to the standard. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it, I'm you know for for like I think it's neat that Mass Effect does that, mm-hmm. um, but. It kind of it reminds me of when we were talking about *Walking Dead* in the extra episode, where like at a certain point you have so many variables when you're coming through. So like if they were to do that with like NCR, what about like if NCR when NCR shows up in the fourth one, you know? Uh-huh. Or like you know if, if and you'd never if they wanted to have that persistent, whether you'd rescued them or not. Yeah. Like the further you go along, the harder it is to have those kind of ripples from sequel to sequel.
2: And it could be that they only decided it was important later when they were making the design doc for two or for, you know, any of the other yeah. ones.
0: Even though like a lot of the stuff from 2, the ending portends a couple of the things. Um like the what the ending for the Brotherhood um is is the Brotherhood is very different in Fallout 2. And it's it's and it's directly related to the ending it, you get in Fallout 1. So not 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 related like depending on which ending you get, but the fact that the Brotherhood like, ends up lying low and focusing on research and development as opposed to being these kind of like knights in shiny armor. Right. Like in Fallout 2, the Brotherhood are like this. They're almost like a like a cell structured like terrorist organization almost. <laughs> like they're they're in hiding. i um, yeah. in Fallout 2, and it's really interesting. You know, that when I went and saw the ending for this one again to see, uh, you know, see again that that would happen. Um, did you talk to the ghoul in the basement of uh, the followers? No,
2: I never got to the basement of the Alamo.
0: That's really yeah. There's no basement in the Alamo. Um, that's a. Uh, really interesting because it's he was uh I wish he, so that he he gives you the quest the the followers quest that you can't finish hmm. but more interestingly he's from vault 13 really yeah there there are two people who were sent out so you find this out as you go out that there are other people who were sent out on your mission and failed um like one of which is that guy who's just face down outside the vault you know yeah. when you first leave But this guy was also sent, and he has this whole story about uh, he went to Necropolis, and that's where, you know, he thought that that was where you need to go. And he got caught by super mutants and, uh, you know, uh, and just barely managed to escape. Right. Escape them after getting, um, I can't remember if he said he got dipped or not, or if he just turns into, he just got exposed to radiation, but he's got turned into a ghoul. And he's kind of like seen the light because of the followers of the apocalypse. Right. But I love that, like, revelation, like, oh, wait, you know, when you're talking to him, it's a real creeping kind of revelation. It reminds so me a little no. bit of, like, Torment, where he <laughs> says, you know, he's like, no, I came from a vault. And you, you can just ask him a regular question. He'd be like, where was this vault? And he's like, oh, it was north of here. And you're like, it south of Shady Sands. And he's like, yeah, it was. And, and you'd be like, what was the number of the vault? And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's like, no, 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 you
2: know. It definitely does. Yeah, it definitely,
0: definitely matters. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm from Vault 13. You know, it's just right. kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, that somebody went out and got ghoulified.
2: Like, like, like whereas in Torment, the horror came from like, oh, that happened to me before. It, with with right. this, it's like, oh, this could have happened to me.
0: Right, right,
2: right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh.
0: He's but, he's a nice little detail NPC that's right really easy to miss.
2: Hmm, yeah, as as evidenced by the fact that I missed him. Um, yeah, that it's it's one of those things because ghouls are my like one of my favorite elements of the uh, of the Fallout series. Mm-hmm. In that they are mutated, but they retain their uh, their sanity um generally mm-hmm. unless they go feral, but they also seem like the most inconsistent because like the majority or a lot of the ghouls that you meet in um in fallout three they're they're actually survivors from the war itself so so it's like what is the process that ghouls are created through? And, you know, there,
0: there's an answer to it. So it, it, it's just, it's complicated. So it, it definitely involves some like rut conning and revisionist history. But like right. the short answer is like ghouls are made by radiation. Right. And anything else is made by the FEV or the FEV and radiation together. Right. So like radiation alters the forced evolutionary virus, which they talk about in this. Like they, didn't they do revisionist history that. Yeah. That's part of the, the main canon. But it becomes kind of complicated where you have two different, really three different ways that things can be altered. And they have different ways. It's also further complicated by the fact that Harold, like by all appearances seems to be a ghoul, but he is not. Right. Um, so that happens. And yeah, it's not, it's not the smoothest or easiest to understand thing, but yeah, the shorty yeah. like radiation makes ghouls.
2: I wouldn't have expected them to make consistent decisions, you know, just because they didn't know that this was going to be a franchise at this point. Mm. So, you know, the, the fact that stuff got complicated later, it's not their fault in this, but in general that became more interesting over time to
0: me yeah so it looks like according to the notes it looks like you went to the military base first um i ended up going to the cathedral first but i think you did the correct correct order there.
2: yeah yeah um it was just a matter of um i think i think i found out about it from the brotherhood maybe just you know mm-hmm. saying like hey, here's this thing because you talked to the uh for lack of a better word, overseer of the brotherhood saying, yeah, there are mutants to the, to, to, to the North. And I was like, Oh, that must be where the master is because everybody who's played fallout knows about the master, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so once I felt like I was um, once I felt like I was geared up enough and actually I spent a lot of time looking for the alien um, blaster at this point. Yeah. Um. You know, so I, I went through and I, and I, and I explored a lot of the map and I, I spent, like one perk on the outdoorsman um mm-hmm. thing and I bumped up my luck as much as I could, like with the uh with the fortune teller in in, in, in the boneyard or mm. Additum. Uh but I couldn't find it. And that was one of one of my bigger bummers in this actually. I know it's yeah. supposed to be like a you know, a bonus thing, um that that not everybody is supposed to get, but that was one of my favorite moments in Fallout Three. So when, once once yeah. I found out it was a thing here that's beside the point. I found plenty of energy
0: weapons that uh, that justified my 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 back half of the game emphasis on that skill. It's a shame you, you can't find it like the the game doesn't do random encounters as well as it later would. Like there are there's like a handful of goofy random encounters and they're really rare.
2: Right. So and, like as a, you know And I found a couple of them. Like I found the uh the the Doctor Who one mm-hmm. with the police box where I got the motion sensor and I found um the uh the used car salesman. Yeah. And yeah. also the Celtic singer who, who raises yeah, your charisma.
0: Yep. Yeah. So in, was, in this playthrough I just found the Celtic singer. Okay.
2: And that 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 that's useful. That's nice, you know. But uh hmm. Yeah, I was just bugged by that because I was like, Okay, I've got a knight to kill here, so I'll listen to podcasts and just move and I'll kill whatever rat scorpions or rats show up. Um but yeah. To, to 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 no avail. That was my fault for chasing an obviously optional weapon, but uh uh,
0: uh yeah. pink tail.
2: Exactly, the pink tail. <laughs> I, I love how we're coming up with this lexicon with this yeah. glossary of video game concepts that <laughs> exist solely as references to the to the most egregious examples of those things
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we, we, we you know video games at its worst exactly um it's, it's not as bad as the pink tail no but no by, yeah, by no
2: means no um but yeah that, that that's just my fault but once like okay you know i i went i i I'll admit I followed a fact here to find out how to make the base easier because I knew that I wasn't particularly well specced to combat, even though mm-hmm. I had small guns and you know everything. I just I hadn't, hadn't spent them. I hadn't, I hadn't spent that much time in combat, so I was like, "How can I make the uh, the mutant base easier?"
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and so I, I went to the mutant base, and I saw that they were, that they were there, and I went back to the Brotherhood because they told me to scout it out. And, um, and I find out, okay, so yeah, we'll send an advanced squad for you, um, and kind of a fake cutscene where you go to the board meeting uh, for, mm. for them. It's so, okay, we'll give you three paladins, no big deal. And uh turns out they only help you outside of the base, and once you're inside the base, where all the enemies are. Um, yes. Yeah. It's just to
0: help you deal with those four four mutants. There's a, there's another way you can deal with them, too. If you, if you kept the radio from the mutant in the Deathclaw cave, you can fake call them off. You can call <sighs> for... Uh, support from that radio yeah and they'll come try to save the guy in the death call cave <laughs> which is which is a cool touch
2: that's pretty cool
0: yeah i like that yeah. but the reason why so the reason why you say they only help you there and you it's interesting because you said there was not a, a not you know you would not play combat the reason why they only help you with the outside people is because those are really the only people you have to fight um but i don't i don't blame you for not knowing the kind of non-combat way get through here because of the the sequence that you did but if at this point if you put together the pieces enough to know um, a little bit of the connection between the military base and the cathedral um, if you go to the cathedral first or if you kill everyone in the cathedral in the hub um, you get a set of cathedral robes and one of their symbols and you can just kind of stroll through this place like you own it huh yeah they'll think that you're just you know I don't know some kind of exchange program or something like that <laughs> um,
2: yeah some, some somebody from main office
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, somebody from the LA branch. Um, <laughs> it, it's still like there's still some things you can't do, and there are a couple ways to get, um, you know, to draw aggro on your way out, mostly having to do with the basic security system. Whereas, like, if you have a good speech, most of the mutants will leave you alone. Right. Because it's um, not hard to outsmart them. No. I ended up doing kind of both. I wanted to get um, the lieutenant's dialogue, so I went down and fought him um, or talked to him to get, you know, learn all the stuff I could and then uh, reloaded my save and stealthed my way through and uh, blew up the base.
2: This is the point. So I mentioned last episode that I made every effort to keep all of my companions alive. I shit you not, Gary, and I know I mentioned this on Facebook, but I'll say it now for people who don't follow that. Um, I lost every team member, and I'm saying me, Katya, Ian, and
0: um, Tycho. Tycho, every team member possible.
2: Every team member possible in one turn. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: like two of them went down to uh to <laughs> to Gatling gunfire, and uh and then the other two went down to a rocket. Yeah, it was it's, like, it's like, 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 if, like, why would you reload at that point? Like, there would be no reason for me to keep, you know, like all of them alive. So why should I keep any of them alive?
0: It's it's <laughs> it's impossible to keep them alive. Like I told you that before. Like you can keep dog meat alive through. Manipulating the fact that he can't open doors and right. putting him in force field kennels, more or less. Um, but it's insane to do so. Like the second one does companions so much better, and you can, if you find power armor for everybody, all of your power, all of your companions can be wearing it as well.
2: Oh, nice! And they're
0: useful through the whole game, and it just God. it improves upon it so much, you know. And it just uh, this one though, they're really just a kind of a band aid to get you up until you get the power armor.
2: Yeah. I wish that I had the wherewithal to. I'm not even gonna say the time. I have plenty of time. I'm a I'm a I'm a single person. Um, I wish that I had the wherewithal to play Fallout Two like right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, if you get some, if you get any time off around the holidays or anything, like I recommend it because it is it is a wonderful game. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna start playing my way through the series again. The, um, so you, you went through and just kind of, so you went down and killed the lieutenant.
2: Oh yeah. It was, it was a hard rain. They cleaned the streets. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was fucking taxi driver, man. It was, uh, it was something else. Um, and it didn't take me that many tries actually. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody that I knew and loved had died outside of the base,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> nothing to lose. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, it was, it was, it was pretty cool, you know, going down, um, at this point I had, ha- I like, I, I grabbed a, uh, um, an energy, like a, like a plasma rifle from, uh, mm-hmm. from, from one of the, you know, goonies outside and replaced my normal sniper rifle. And I was melting the skin off of people's bones. Yeah. Like left um, and right. Yeah. Left and right. It was really, really cool. Actually. <laughs> um, I don't know, man, it bugs me to kill a named NPC because I know I could have talked to them. And I, and yeah, I, and I couldn't have foreseen a world in which I would have would have been able to peaceably approach these people. So,
0: yeah, it's a uh, uh, cathedral. Children of the cathedral robes. Yeah, um, even though like some of them, they don't say much. There's like a girl who is one of the children of the cathedral who is waiting to be dipped in the fev he's like getting kind of you know this baptism is that the woman
2: who like like sobs at you because you killed her husband or something yeah
0: you killed her boyfriend who's the the super mutant in black yeah here's down here she's romantically involved with him
2: (laughs) um (laughs) and it's funny because i wanted to be tactful and say like well he shot at me first but all the dialogue options were like well he was a mutant and it's like yeah that's (laughs) Like, like I understand that you know, in, in the context and everything, but that kind of sounds like bigotry to me. Um. Yeah,
0: you you are there to kill every mutant. <laughs> yeah, at this point, you are killing each mutant and their source of them. Yeah, at this point, this is before the canon advanced to like there being like good super mutants, right, and stuff. So, the uh, at this point in the game, they were they were villainous. I like that kind of subversion that she's like, he's this big hideous monster, and she's like can't wait to go through the process of turning into a big hideous monster, right to be with him like that's kind of a nice like i I, reverse prince charming
2: thing i looted a uh, a flower off of his body i was like oh that's weird that he has this but i figured it was like a you know uh, you know just trying to humanize him or whatever you Mm -hmm. know even big even big monsters love pretty things um yeah and and i i got that flower off him i was like hmm um i wonder if i can give this flower to her and make her okay uh, that doesn't work. And it wasn't until I got to the cathedral and found the merchant who sells the flowers that I realized it was a, uh, it was, it was a cathedral children, uh, some, yeah,
0: yeah. And she, she gave it to him because she's from the cathedral. Right. So it still kind of speaks to the relationship, but the, um, yeah, um, I really like, uh, the, um, you know, you get a really important, so when you, uh, go to the actual place to blow this, this area up to the FEV tanks. You get a really important data file. Like, did you get the? And I guess it sounds like you didn't, the, um, Richard Gray, uh, diaries data file.
2: No, no, I didn't. Although I know that Richard Gray is the name of the, uh, the master. Um, that is actually a, a fake name because his real name is Richard Moreau. Uh, yeah. which is a great HG Wells
0: reference, actually. Yep. Um <laughs> and he and he he was exiled from the vault that was Vault City in Fallout Two uh, Okay. for murder. Um and, which is just, you know, everything being connected, which is really nice. This is one of the most important like little bit of, bits of lore you can get in the game because it explains why he's doing everything he's doing. And kind of and you have heard this you know who this guy is, because if you uh paid attention when you were talking to Harold. Harold talks about exploring a military base, and his friend Richard getting knocked into some slime, and him not knowing what happened to him. Yeah. So like the the seeds for this are planted, you know, one third of the way through the game, you know, to you know halfway through the game, which is just really cool mm-hmm. that this you know, that same guy, um, Lieutenant, has some really the Lieutenant uh, as voiced by Tony J has some is is pretty fun to talk to as I well. I thought
2: I thought the master's default voice was Tony J, but
0: mm-hmm. uh, hmm, hmm. The, Lieutenant Lou.
2: Yeah, no, I uh, the the only talking I did to him was between my finger and the trigger. So <laughs> his uh, his his uh guard uh criticalled me for four hundred for four hundred and thirty five damage though. Yes, which was pretty mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, saving saving frequently. Like when you talk about you don't Iron Man this game. Like you need to be saving because since it is based on rolls, like it's yeah you never know when someone's going to attack you and just really luck out. Yeah, you know, I kind of like that. I mean, you could say it's bad design, but I kind of like that actual chaos. Yeah. You know, to it like we were talking it's like when we were talking about loot on the level and it's like you know, if you just if you're going to have randomness, have the bravery to be random. Mm-hmm. You know, don't uh don't put all these controls on it.
2: Yeah. I you mean, know? it's 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 dice gating, you know, and and, yeah. and I'm fine with that because like when it when it's plot relevant, it's, you know, put at these you know, these specific places and there's always a way around it if you if you're not aware of like what the bones of this thing are. It's just kind of like, "Oh, okay, I thought that would work, but it didn't, and I can go find another way to do it. And in combat, you can accept that as a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. I'll either reload or try and roll with it. Um, In this case, because I got shot for more more HP than you could ever hope to have, <laughs> um, I reloaded uh, because Gary Oldman was talking to me about how vultures wouldn't want to eat my body.
0: Yeah, or, or even around uh, <laughs> were, were a? You said Gary Oldman. Were you just having a weird night? Was like just, <laughs> you were playing Fallout and then Gary Oldman just sitting in a <laughs> recliner across from you, is like, <laughs> body
2: yeah, role. um, that that that's that that's the thing. I always get those two confused. Uh, yeah. w- w- one is one is a better actor and much better looking than the other. Um, so um, <laughs> it makes no sense that I would confuse them. They both have great voices. What's that?
0: One of them is on your futon right now. <laughs>
2: Staring at you. All
0: <laughs> you. Oh. it's it's
2: it's funny because most people know him for uh for the dark knight or, or you know the the batman reboots, yeah. but he's actually like in every other movie he's a villain he's like sean bean you know
0: <laughs> yeah it's funny because it, so you saying dark knight made this so I, i'm an idiot too i was uh <laughs> the voice i was doing was like right, trying to do gary sinise <laughs> but i gary oldman i yeah i don't we were all getting confused about these, these actors. But at least you had their name sounded similar to you. Like mine, I just, who knows I was saying, Gary Sinise. I was like, why is Cole?
2: See, and that's actually funny because that calls back to the last episode because Gary Sinise played the main character of The Stand in the TV series.
0: Oh. Yeah. It's all connected. <laughs> it's a god. There is a god. It is a Cole mathematical god that connects everything. <laughs> that connects everything yeah no,
2: that's fucking funny man
0: um <laughs> so anywho <laughs> um, yeah so if you, you didn't talk to him you get a lot of stuff from from the lieutenant but it's not he doesn't reveal all the marbles really like the the data disk that you get from the fev computer with all the technicians who are just saying don't shoot me <laughs> um, or you wouldn't shoot it on our man would you um they're freaking out which is nice to have people actually react to you with anything less than yes um like i loved it when i i first this is uh i went to the cathedral first and that's where all my companions died and uh, i love the just like the moxie like i go to the super mutant he has a gotlin laser ian runs up does his like ridiculous kick onto uh, to him <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like oh you brave fool like <laughs> you are not long for this world are you um,
2: I was know. I was only comfortable letting my companions die after I was confident that I had a weapon that I wanted to use and I had all the ammo for it that I that I would have needed mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I was using them as mules for weapons that I would have liked to have um, reverted back to. But because I was at my weight limit, I would have, you know, like kind of like, oh, if they die, I would need to pick it up and all of that. I was kind of like, OK, I have a plasma rifle. I'm good. I have enough microfusion cells to last me. Um, yep. they can die because I don't need that Magnum or that combat shotgun ever
0: again. Yep, yep. You had to learn to the let go of loot in this yeah. game, which you know not always easy. Like it's, they, both my all my NPCs died loaded to bear with like stuff I would have liked to have sold. Yeah, but there just wasn't enough economy left in the game. And I like
2: when I finished the game, I had about forty five thousand caps.
0: mm Hmm. Yeah. Well, you gambled, like. Yeah. You ended up uh, getting a lot, like, when you were talking about fighting the Deathclaw and you had the combat shotgun and the sniper rifle and, yeah. you know, all that stuff, like, that's not usual for that point in the game.
2: No. Um, so, I mean, and, it's
0: perfectly valid the way you did it, but I didn't, I had way worse equipment at that point. And,
2: and do you want to know the funny trick I found? Um, hmm. I, was, I was hitting um, one and four on the gambling um, screen quickly mm-hmm. enough that I eventually found out that if I held both keys down at the same time... It would actually just oscillate between the two of them. That's awesome. And so I found two pennies and I wedged them underneath those keys
0: <laughs> and I and
2: I went and did like dishes and vacuumed and shit. And, and then just came
0: back with and I tens came back. of thousands of caps. Yeah. Um That's this,
2: awesome. is that cheating?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, probably not. It just it's just saving yourself time. It's efficiency. Yeah. I feel kinda
2: of bad because I don't like that kind of like scummery, but it was like, huh, this is kinda of neat. It felt it felt like a it felt like an engineering trick
0: almost. It's a life hack. Yeah, it's a life uh, hack. <laughs> <laughs> um, use
2: dish soaps use dish soap on pans. Who knew?
0: Um <laughs> uh, but anywho, so so you, you blow up blow up the military base yeah. at this point. Um it's not enough to just kill everybody. One of the few cutscenes in the game actually. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. end gets like weirdly cutscene heavy. Because you also run into one at the cathedral as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't like uh,
2: countdowns in games, but because I had killed everybody on the way out, it was incredibly easy to get out. See, this one I actually
0: had an awesome, like, really tense, good, like, Fallout RP moment because I oh, nice. went in stealthily and uh, you know uh, set the set the countdown, and then on my way out, the security system, which I thought I had deactivated, uh, reactivated and turn the force fields into solid light. Like, the force fields, usually you can walk through them if the base is not on alarm, and uh, they just hurt you a little bit. But if the base is on alarm, they turn into solid. Um,
2: Oh, wow. So you had to
0: to repair each of the emitters, right? I didn't have a high enough repair skill to repair the emitters, so I had to go through the bunker, like the Super Mutant bunker, where there's, like, ten of the dudes just hanging around. And it was the only way out, and I had, like, 130 seconds left. It was really (laughs) cool. Like, I barely made it out. It was like a really nice moment.
2: I wish I had that experience. Yeah,
0: it was but, really cool. Like, I love it when accidental things like that fall into place in video games. But
2: that can only succeed if you remember to save right before you started the countdown, right? Like, if you had saved at a point where where you would have fucked yourself, yeah, like that would just be the worst thing in the world.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, this is, when you're playing games of this vintage, you need a save regimen, though. Yeah. So like, do a, do a hard save at the beginning of every area, and then just quick save with it.
2: Yeah. You
0: know, and that's. So I would have the worst. I would have done is have to start do the military base over again, which would not have been that bad. Right. Always keeping one save for the whole thing. Good night. But <laughs> I
2: just wasn't. Yeah, but yeah, you blow it up, and it's like a nice, uh, neat little thing. I I would have uh, rude the day that I had decided not to like go to the world map to let it explode. Like if I was like, oh, I'm just gonna stand outside the base, boop, 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 <laughs> and boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and be blowed up uh, within it. Uh, but uh, you get you get a butt
0: ton of experience from that, don't you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's something like ten thousand or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it's quite a bit, and hmm. uh, you're halfway through through the end game. So you, so you head on down to the cathedral, and uh, I love the cathedral. It's like, so great. It's great.
2: I like. I feel like the the the, the route that I chose through it mm-hmm. um, bypassed a lot of the content, and that was just a matter of me being more efficient than I needed to be.
0: I should be able to fill in some of those gaps. Like this time, I right, right. kind of playing it. Um, specifically doing these last two things of like talking to everybody. So I, the way I actually beat it was to to stealth my way down and then dialogue my way through the end. But I actually went and did every, you know, talk to everybody I felt like I could talk to and, and did as much as I could there. So talk to me, talk your way through or talk our way through the, your experience of the cathedral.
2: So I found a, um, probably inappropriately efficient, uh, path through the cathedral. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I went in and I was talking to people. I found a locked door. I figured that that was probably uh, the way to the uh, inner chambers of this place. You know, so I left it alone for a while. Found a guy named Lasher, (laughs) who Mm -hmm. uh, who who presented more dialogue options than the rest of the people. So I figured he was probably more important. And finally, I just I I just uh, I had to reload a couple of times. But I asked him like you know, take me to your leader almost. And he said, Hey, there's this guy Morpheus. And, um, you know, he's up in the tower. He'll see if he wants to, I just asked him, Hey, can you convince the night to not uh, attack me when I go up? He gave me the, uh, the, 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 symbol of the, of the mm-hmm. children of the cathedral, which is, uh, which is a nice little radiation symbol. I liked that. Mm-hmm. I used that to get through the door. Um, and I went up that tower, um, a couple of places. I, I, I bypassed a lot of stuff, uh, searching for somebody who was named Morpheus, mm-hmm. uh, including the Nightkin, which I was I was happy to see them because they show up later in in New Vegas, which was neat.
0: It was such a nice because they're they're not in Fallout Two, so it was an awesome surprise when they showed up in in New Vegas, and yeah. they actually kind of explain a little bit about like their their background and and what's going on with them, which I was really happy to see them in New Vegas.
2: Oh yeah, so so they only show their their background in New Vegas because they say Nightkin, and that sounds like such an ominous. Uh, demonic yeah. kind of thing, but in reality, they're they're just uh, super mutants who are addicted to stealth boys because they like not being seen.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's- some of the tougher any enemies in in this game, though, um, because they are hard to hit from any kind of distance. Right. Um, if you don't, if you haven't, so like the way that skills work, you know, there are percentages. If you go above one hundred, all you are doing is compensating for negatives. So, you're for most in most skills, it's not worth it. But for your combat skill, it's worth going out to buy one hundred and thirty. So you can so you can still attack Nightkin huh. and everything.
2: Yeah, I never had to fight any of them.
0: Yeah, Be- that's awesome. That's good because they're hard to fight.
2: Because so. I mean, I I had their I had their symbol, so it was it wasn't a big deal because they they like none of them aggroed me. So I was like, well, I will I will leave well enough you know well enough alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found Morpheus at the top of this tower, and I talked to him, and um, there was an option presented that said like. Um, I would like to see your leader or your master or something like that. Or I didn't say your master. I said the master, um, mm-hmm. because that, that seemed like the more tactful, uh, thing when I went and looked at stuff afterwards, I realized, Oh, that was the right thing because he's real sensitive because he wants to think that he's the boss or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I said that it's like, okay, well I'll take you there. And I found out that that, like that bypasses the entirety of that dungeon. Yeah, um, because yeah,
0: bypasses a whole lot. Which, to be fair, like you can bypass it yourself by going in stealthily, uh, going in so... dressed up as a, a children of the cathedral. And right. think about so you got up to the the master. Think about if you weren't prepared to non-standard defeat him. Like this is yeah. a, you know it's a major fuck up at that point because you can beat him in combat, but it's it's by far the toughest fight in the game. Really? Yeah.
2: Like like even with as we, we, even with as stationary as you would have to be.
0: He uh, so he has twin. Anybody who those overseer chairs have like twin gatling guns built into them. Huh. Um, so if you if you take a pot shot at your overseer, in the in the first vault, you you learn that. Um, and he summons super mutants. And every oh super
2: yeah, mutant that prevents. would be that would be bullshit.
0: Yeah. Hmm. It's also you you bypass something really interesting that I'm getting kind of disappointed in because the other thing is he he attacks you psychically while you're fighting him. Hmm. So you didn't uh, run into the psychers at all.
2: No, no. I, I I went to Morpheus. and you know, I was like, "Hey, I've got something for you." I, you know, th- I said that because it seemed like the most likely thing to get a result. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and they brought me down there, and the conversation with the master naturally led to the suicide
0: option, um, which is by far the coolest thing to do um, in the game. And you didn't actually miss that much, other than like fighting. Like uh, some of the people in the Children of the Cathedral are are neat and have like some of them are true believers some of them kind of know what's up um you can run into a spy for the followers of the apocalypse (laughs) who will unlock the door down to the basement for you that's cool um if you give her the code word you can get that from nicole Mm. um which is really neat and uh there's also some just kind of funny there's a couple like where it's just like you see a children in the cathedral with a with a bad attitude (laughs) and you have like three dialogue options they all end with like you know jerk and he's just like you're like what are you doing here he's like none of your business jerk and then like ends dialogue and you click on him again and you're like, Tell me about the children of the cathedral. He's like, You learn about yourself, jerk. <laughs> and all these guys with bad attitudes. Um the, children, the cathedral is built over a vault, and if you uh head downstairs, and it's difficult to do that, the lady will unlock the door for you, but there's a, a nightkin uh inside that you have to get past. Um, you go through the you know, go through this vault down there and you run into uh centaurs and floaters. Did you fight any of those?
2: No, no. Like, like the only time that I encountered the vault part of this dungeon was when I was escaping, and even then, I was seen by a child of the of the uh, cathedral, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I talked my way into being escorted out. Oh gosh, gotcha.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, you actually did a really smart like way. Like, uh, you missed some content, but that's a really efficient way to get through it. Yeah,
2: and that and that that that's kind of a bummer because my my need to be efficient and uh, and, and and really take things from a tactically sound place is directly in conflict with my, uh, with my desire to see everything a game has to offer.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the floaters and and centaurs are two, are kind of like failed experiments from, from the FUV. The centaurs show up in, in, uh, three. Right. Uh, And,
2: uh, I found floaters out in a random encounter and I was really thrown off by them because they were different from anything I had seen to
0: that point. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're uh, and they're tough too. They're pretty tough monsters. Um, yeah, but you go you know, you go through the, the basement you know the basement sub layer of the cathedral and end up in going into the vault and fighting some some floaters and and centaurs on your way down there, and uh, you get to this this encounter with the master that like, okay. you know again just the, throwing that experiential thing. Like, I played this game not too long after it came out. Like, by far my by far my first end boss that you could beat entirely through dialogue. Yeah. I,
2: and that was the question I was going to ask earlier when I said, let's not do the forced discussion virus. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know of anything before this chronologically where you could do that.
0: Where you can yeah, just talk your way out of it. It feels like, you know, I, I'm not willing to like throw my hat on the fact that there's not like maybe some weird Ultima 6 thing that I've never heard of. Yeah,
2: that would be the lightning you know? candidate.
0: Yeah, it's going to be something in PC, um, you know, undoubtedly, but it's it's so cool. Mm-hmm. it's so cool that like you're rewarded for exploring you know for really being diligent and and talking to these people in the brotherhood, you know you're rewarded with this like really, really neat way to solve this problem in the end, you know, and it just that you undermine everything that he cares about, like there's no point to your umpire, you guys can't breed you know <laughs> and and i love I love that exchange where he's like, yeah. you know well, let me let me verify that and you can tell he's like using his computer to check in with his people. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, did you check in with any of the females? Like, are they, you know, I can only assume that means, like, are they menstruating? Like, are they, <laughs> have any of them gotten pregnant? Yeah. And he just assumes his empire is growing, right. you know, as it is. And his logic, like, it's a logical discussion when you're talking about him. He's like, you know, we're stronger, we're smarter, like, we're immune to radiation. Mm-hmm. In this world that's full of radiation, like, we just make more sense. And he's right. not totally wrong, of uh, you know, other than he, he's, you know, willing to, to go to any means,
2: and really the only hole in his plan that like like opens that up logically is that he says we won't force mutate everybody. Anybody who anybody who wants to stay human will be locked up and controlled to make sure that they
0: can't breed. Right. And right? then there's a little bit nice, little bit of irony there as well. Yeah. Is uh, so su- super cool. Um, yeah. I, lo- I love the master. Like I love it's so. You know, he's.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because like I had never, um, like I I had known about the Master, you know, since, like my my first introduction to the series was Fallout Three, and you know through that I I found out about this this person called the Master who kind of set all of this stuff in motion. I would like to find out how the Super Mutants got that far east, even though that's kind of laid out in the in the ending of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but you know it's kind of like I knew that, but like when I got to him, I was still taken aback. By the yeah. style, like, by, 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 like, the stylistic, um, presentation of this, of this dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the, and the flavor text is one thing. And I only encountered that when I was like walking out, when it was giving me the, like, hey, this is a corridor that seems to be made up of human flesh. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, but when I saw him, it, like, the closest thing that, like, my mind could think of was, uh, was Daffy Duck and Duck Amuck. Like, this is something that was maybe once a thing you could recognize, but now it's so mutated to be like just this globular, crazy, oh man, fucking yeah, weird dude. thing. Like, even to the voice where it was bringing in different elements of the computer voice and the other people that he had subsumed to like mm-hmm. grow his biomass. Yeah. So fucking
0: great. Like, he, I he's was. He's an awesome villain. Like, and it, it, those shades of like the uh, the the seme or, or whatever it is from Bloodlines, like the flesh crafting, like people who can like stick people together. Yeah. Um, or of like a, almost like a, a you know Shubnagaroth kind of like just like pulsating biomass that sucks in things and, and makes them into it to itself. You know, um, it's really good that hallway that you talk about. So if you're approaching this the conventional way, like let's say you're just playing this like a shooter. Um, he psychically attacks you on your way to that hallway. Really, and you start getting really chilling flavor text messages and taking damage, <laughs> um, similar to the, the radiation ones. Like your nose starts bleeding, your eyes start bleeding, all this stuff. And the way you get through it is that in there's a chamber in the vault that's full of uh, humans who have been experimented upon to get psychic powers. Oh no! And one of them is uh, has psychic powers, and he wears a um, like a helmet or a, you know a, a device. So he doesn't um, project outwards like a magneto helmet, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And you can—he will—he'll give you one if you tell him that you want to be anointed on your way to the great Richard or something like that. And he mm. places one on your on your head. And then if you put that in your active thing, then his psychic attacks won't hurt you. Right. Um, which is just kind of you know a neat little thing about that flesh flesh hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're actually trying to do this in combat, I feel like I've only actually beat this guy legitimately through combat once. Yeah. Um because it is it is fucking hard. But why I mean I feel like you're not really meant to given how cool the alternative is.
2: So I talked um Daffy Duck out of killing the human race and uh cutting off his stalk eye and basically losing all hope. God, I love the visual design of the master. It's so yeah. great. Um yeah. his voice acting is really good too, all five voice actors who contribute his uh, his identity.
1: So what shall it be? Do you join the unity or do you die here?
2: Join. Die. Join. Die. <laughs> like for 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 some reason, I feel so much more evil than just straight up killing the dude.
0: Yeah, like convincing. Well, you're undermining like his 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 hopes. He's long gone mad. Like if you if you read the the file that you get from the military base, it's a first person kind of Lovecraftian like apocalyptic log to mm-hmm. use a TV tropes term right. of him after he fell into the vat, and uh, you get this creeping sense that he does not understand like what he is at this point. Right. Like there's a part where he talks about a rat going by and that he like takes it and puts it into his body but he doesn't know how. Like he does it, it's really God. creepy and really, really good.
2: Is this um, text available on the wiki?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's, it's it's one of the holodisks. Um it's it, it's it's like it says it's something like um you know, uh Richard's diary or something like that. Right. Huh. So so very very cool, like you know, what ultimately ended up happening to this uh happening to this guy. Um, But you you do you know you convince him to blow himself up, or you kill him, and that causes a self destruct on that vault. Right. And uh, then you have another countdown to leave the cathedral, and you get a, kind of a better cutscene. The cathedral, all the windows blast out. Yeah. Um, all the beautiful stained glass windows.
2: Yeah. The previous cutscene was really just the vats blowing up, and that was about yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of non-standard game overs that you can get as well. So that yeah. I mean that's Fallout. Like that's how you. Move, yeah. you know, yeah. That's how you beat Fallout. Yeah. Um, I posted on the Facebook page a really good non-standard game over where you're talking to the lieutenant. If you uh, they want, you know, the reason why they want you so bad is because you've been in a vault, so you're not as irradiated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that way, you're going to make better a better super mutant, mm-hmm. and uh, you can tell him where your vault is, and you get like a pretty lengthy, substantial cutscene of mutants invading your vault, all done through security cameras, oh, and it's really wow. good. Yeah, it's up on our it's up on our Facebook page. Yeah, um, and if you go along with the master, you just get a uh, you know yourself getting dipped, um, right? That scene, which is not as good.
2: Do you okay? So you so you get dipped. Do you do you see them going after the after the vault at that point, or is it not just... after you
0: get dipped? It's two separate scenes. Hmm. hmm so hmm. presumably, well, because if you didn't tell them where the vault was, right? You know, if they don't know. But, I mean, they might find it eventually,
2: but. But I thought, like you, you know, to me, like like why the vault thought that they were so threatened by the super mutants, that was retroactively justified by the fact that people who were irradiated made poorer super mutants, so they were looking for vault dwellers because they would they would be better members of the army.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it just adds to it. I mean, they they were just uh, expansionist in general. Right. You know, and the original kind of vision for the game would have shown that a lot more. Like, if you had left the vault and found, went to Shady Sands and found it overrun by mutants, like, you'd be like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, they're fanning out from here. They're looking in caves. It's not going to take long for them to find mine. Right. You know? Hmm. But yeah, Fallout. Fallout. It's a good game. Yeah.
2: I like it a lot.
0: Fallout. <laughs> so good. Followed is so good. Followed 2 is good. The whole series is, is so wonderful. Yeah. I even, like, I've like, been reading the wiki and stuff because I've, I've just been following on the mind. So <laughs> I've been, you know, even going back. And it's just like I keep seeing these little offhanded references. Like, I didn't know Harold was in the shitty Brotherhood of Steel PS2 game. Huh. And it's like, I know it's not in canon, but, like, can I stomach enough of that game to get to the Harold point? <laughs> I should watch, like, a Let's Play of it. Yeah. That would probably do me.
2: That's the glory of YouTube.
0: You know. Yeah, you don't need to play things that are bad, right? You don't want to unless you yeah. run a podcast and that—that's. I mean, get too bad.
2: Like that's a great thing about this about this project of ours about this about this ongoing experiment, which is like I played Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid and then immediately went out and bought the HD collection and Metal Gear Solid Four. Mm-hmm. Like you know, not to get too terribly meta or whatever, but it's like. We are exploring a lot of games that were the foundation for, you know, stuff that iterated on that and not necessarily became better, but, you know, uh, came out and we're like, hey, let's let, you know, let's let's expand and let's let's give you more of what you would have liked about this.
0: What's um, any, you, you know, we're getting a lot, a lot of contact. So like any um, project that focused on history or the past, right. you know, it's like a big, uh, big contendo thing, too is like going back and learning where these things come from can kind of uh, engender them to you more. Right. And uh, and you know just like make your remind you what you love and, and <laughs> you know, and I, the thing that I mean, you know, we poked some fun at the No means Loud people at the top of the episode. Um the thing that's so frustrating about it is why can't there's a lot of what there is to love and Fallout in the later games and it's so weird that you don't see any of that.
2: Right.
0: You know? And that just that you you focus don't... on these
2: that you don't see people appreciating, like how much uh, you know Fallout Three and New Vegas
0: are like totally identical to this. Well, you know, there's there's like some minor differences, but you couldn't have made Fallout Three without being a fan oh, of the original no, and without no. being, right? You know, and oh, okay. and any of the things that came. I mean, tons of things wouldn't have people like this game is really important in, in, in the history and and people people do love it and there's just this weird you know you're not appreciating art right attitude to the, to the rabid fans. Yeah, the, It's just kind of annoying to me because the, 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 it's, it's it's laid down this really really interesting world and series that hasn't been there's really nothing like it. Like when I when I first saw Borderlands coming out, I was ecstatic because I was like, oh cool, you know, I, that looks a little Fallouty. Like I like that that setting and everything, but it's really not or Rage or anything like that. Like Fallout yeah. is really like one of the most unique game worlds, you know. And there's so much uh, world building. Involved in it, like there's so many just little details from like the the fake products to like the you know the different animals, the way they're used, like the entire mythology of like the different vaults and what happened to them and and everything. And I, man, I, I need you to play Fallout Two because you have to get to the ending and like see what <laughs> the because uh, it ties up stuff. It connects to the later games a lot. Nice. So like you will, there's a lot to Fallout Three and New Vegas that is important to Fallout Two. Um, but it's just like it's such a good rich world mm-hmm. well
2: having you know having played it backwards entirely having played all of the 2008 plus uh games and then going back and hopefully going to play the you know the forebears of those i appreciate the you know three in new vegas so much more now having played the first one Mm-hmm. Like you know, down to the sound design, down to the graphical elements, down to the the fake products, which I love that in anything in any media, let alone mm-hmm. games, right you know, these fake <laughs> yeah. things, you know the fake drugs, the fake food, um you know, just you know taking this, and I can only see you know in in, in, in a in a different light. How lovingly the people at Bethesda and Obsidian had taken this original source material and made it into something great and new.
1: It, yeah, it's
0: like it's just a new perspective. Like they, you know, and that's what gets in the way of people who want to go back. Like alternatively, like we, you know, we're damning these like no Mutants loud people a little bit. But I'm also, you know, I feel like people who are big fans of Fallout Three and, and New Vegas, which are like big AAA games, you know, like Bethesda's a huge studio. Um, would be really well served to go back and check these out. Like, it's going to take a little while to get through past the interface, mm-hmm. you know. But it's so much more sophisticated. Like, if you don't like things that are turn-based or slow or, or RPGs, like, there's a lot more to it than like you know. If you're thinking of like a Final Fantasy where it's you know, dudes standing in a field tapping A against one another, right? Like, there's a lot more to it. Like, you know, there's there's you're going to make some of the same tactical decisions and stuff that you really like making in Fallout Three, like. I just, you know, get, get all of it. Like it's all good. And it's all there for you. Right. You
2: know, the, I mean, it's the, the, they, they capture the Gestalt, right. Yeah. The, the, you know, they, they, they see the forest. And I think that what the, uh, the, the, the no mutants allowed crowd are upset about is that the trees aren't exactly mutated the way that they would like it to be. But as you know, again, as an outsider and as somebody who has no investment, um a relatively little investment compared to them in the series um i can i can definitely appreciate how how the more recent you know you know the more recent uh entries in the series have have uh, have, have been faithful um in a way mm-hmm. that they possibly um can't appreciate it because it's first person instead of isometric you know asymmetric
0: yeah it's like like uh, yeah, they can't see the uh the herald for the tree out <laughs> his head it's like it's like, the, it's like the people the metroid Prime people yeah, you know, it's like it's just dumb. I don't yeah. know. I don't have very much sympathy towards that attitude. Nah. And especially, I mean, I get, I care about it slightly more when it's like my, you know, my favorite game series of all time. Right. So it's just, it's frustrating to me that like, you know, people aren't, you know, love it more. The same, I you said, know, I've said it a couple times. Like people playing like in and what my definition of Infinity Engine games,
2: <laughs> you know, but
0: people, people playing this game like just makes me more powerful. <laughs> like I'm drawing mana from everyone playing this game right now. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's good. Know, it just.
2: Think about me going out into the world and evangelizing. Dark Souls and Breaking Bad as like my two favorite things in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And then immediately just becoming energized and you know awakened from my like dormant state whenever somebody talks about those
0: things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like I am I am a ball of anxiety and depression, except when somebody is talking about those two particular things. <laughs> in no. which case I become the actualized coal. <laughs> um so I sympathize with that in a very in a very real and and
0: visceral way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just I just like seeing things get their their due exactly, and it, you know I like seeing things get their due, and I like you know is that the way that art connects people where like you you really like something and then somebody else really likes it and then you're yeah. a little bit like them and you're a little bit less alone, mm-hmm. and
2: because, that's you know like. You you experience something similar, right? Yeah. Like if somebody grew up in the same neighborhood as you or went through the same kind of like, oh, you know, your parents were in prison. My parents were in prison. Totally. You you know, something like that. Just like this is a less dramatic and more trivial way of saying that. But, you know, games are an experience. Just like if somebody, you know, grew up their entire lives watching The Simpsons or Star Trek, you will feel a kinship with them because they went through the same thing that you did watching those things. Right.
0: Right. It's part of something that we like to do for this, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, like without aggrandizing it too much. But I think part of the reason why people like the show and part of the reason why we like doing it is because, you know, that's what we're trying to get at. Like, hey, we went through this thing. You went yeah. through this thing. This is what <laughs> it is. It's neat. It's a shared thing. Yeah. You know? So so I guess so, the moral
2: of this is I hope that anybody who listens to this who isn't familiar with the series um, really, really wants to go and play the rest of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa. So if yeah. you like the rest of them, please play this. If you really like this, please play the rest of them. I love this game series so much; it is, it is my favorite <laughs> series. I keep saying yeah. that I, I'm rambling. No, but like no, God, I no, just
2: like, I just like this is this is a pet project. The, the Loading. <laughs> uh... No, the the, the the you know these these two episodes. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what the equivalent for me would have been, because most Silent of the Hill? Sh- yeah yeah there we go. Um, ex- exactly. Um, something that we think is just so essential to the experience of being a video game enthusiast, mm-hmm. um, that we want anybody who is a fan of us to enjoy by proxy because, yeah. be, be, because we don't know how they can continue to live on this planet without experiencing them. <laughs>
0: the, the way that, the way, like without overstaying it, the way that I thought about video games was greatly changed by this game. Right. And uh, you know, I want that for other people, but we'll, we can stop rambling about that.
2: At around the time that this game came out, I was playing Final Fantasy VII, which is an amazing game.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: love it a lot. But going back and inserting this into the chronology of my experience, I can't help but think that I would have enjoyed this better if I was more mature when I was exposed to both of them at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just like if you look at the timeline, both of these late 1997. and Yeah. yeah. And
0: it's it's so much more like I like Final Fantasy VII a lot yeah. as well, but it's like hands, this, it's just so much hands. more <laughs> sophisticated uh, than than that is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, real quick though, and the thing I to, we were talking about the ending, the actual literal ending. You know what it reminds me of with um, with him walking off is a little bit like the ending. Hmm? Shane. Shane.
2: No, Shane. The uh, the movie Shane. I haven't seen the movie Shane. It's fantastic. It's a it's a western and uh oh. they, they send him away from his hometown. Um you know, why? like it's it's pretty much the 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 origin of the walking into the sunset to re, oh. you know, to to reference death. <laughs>
0: yeah, I should I should check that out. I yeah. I do
2: not the the, I... the TV the, the the TV series is bullshit, but uh Fallout references wild west stuff enough that it's uh it's a worthwhile reference.
0: It reminds me of, like, just in tone, what I was going to say is uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Where, like, I the, I love the ending of that movie where it's like you, you've you triumphed over this ambersi- adversity, you know, and then something petty and human <laughs> turns it into this down note. Like, you, you've done all of this, but on a personal level, you know, people are still people and, you know, your personal experience still matters. Right. Despite what you've done in the macro view. That's why Empire is better than New Hope, man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Join. Die. Join. Die. Right, for you, the listeners of Watch Out for Fireballs, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, for listeners of the show, I'd like to recommend something. Um, you know, the last one I recommended is that uh, audio play of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, I just think it's important to know that Audible does not just do audiobooks. So uh I would think that people who are who are like us who are like our sense of humor and who haven't heard it yet would be well served to download uh Louis C.K.'s Hilarious, oh, great. Uh, which is a, a fantastic comedy album. It is my favorite uh comedy album by by Louis, and uh it is wonderful. And uh just kind of browsing through the audible audible stuff, like I was really pleasantly surprised to find that they have things like stand-up and um they have like the seasons of the Ricky Gervais show, the podcast things like that. So they have all kinds of audio entertainment and hilarious is good. The titular sketch of the hilarious uh, <laughs> set is, is really wonderful as well as specific part about flying and people uh, taking that for granted. Um, you know, it's a perfect mix of just like really, really funny, but also like he's got our number. Which is my, my favorite <laughs> things in comedy, you find it in the onion a lot, which is like this guy is very uh, like an uh, ama- like an expert expertly astute observer of the human condition. Right. And, uh, you know, knows what's wrong with people. I, I don't,
2: I don't say this, uh, because we are both, uh, redheads and I don't say this because we both, um, dress exactly the same, um, with the black t-shirts and the jeans and, and the jeans and whatnot. I don't know.
0: people people haven't seen Cole, like he does do Louis C.K. cosplay 100% of the time. I'm not kidding. Like, it was is 100% the case. Right. He's a bald cap away from a Halloween costume at any given moment. No,
2: no. Oh. But, uh, but, but Louis C.K., seriously, if, if you're going to get this trial, go for it at least to get this album. A, a, you know, A, because it's, it's, it's fucking amazing, but because it gives me personally hope that things that could be mainstream accepted, Louis CK is a, is a, is a really, um, you know, successful dude. Um, mm-hmm. you know, things that can be mainstream accepted are actually genuinely, genuinely good. Yeah. Um, and, and, just, uh, if you want faith in the human race, know that there are plenty of other people who find this funny and, um, <laughs> find validation in that.
0: Yeah. And if, and if you have terrible taste in comedy, Why not go to Audible and check out Daniel Tosh's Happy Thoughts? Or, uh, what is this? Joe Rogan, Shiny Happy Jihad. uh... Did you just do a search for happy? No, no, I just, uh, I was just looking at the uh, other, other stand up.
2: Yeah, that's true. They
0: have. But because you have good taste in comedy, you Get. want things like Lee C.K. <laughs>
2: exactly. Um, there's
0: also, like, there's, like, uh, Michael Ian Black and Jim Gaffigan and all kinds of, like, really good comedians yeah. on here. So it's not just for audiobooks. If audiobooks are not your thing, check out some comedy. Yeah. They've yeah. got
2: uh, Mike, Bur- Mike Burbiglia's, uh Sleepwalk with me on there, which is, which is really good. So
0: Fun to say and it's fun to hear. <laughs> um, so in order to download uh Hilarious by Louis CK or any other of these awesome comedy albums, um go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash out for fireballs, and you get a free download. Not just audiobooks, it can be any kind of audio media that they have. Join Die.
1: Join
2: Die. So uh you have heard what we have to say about Fallout um at length, um, but we are very interested in what you have to say about Fallout and about any game that we uh, have to say. Uh, I'll, I'll give these kind of contact routes here just so you know before we go into it if you would like to talk to us about any of these games. Uh, that is duckfeed.tv slash contact or 419-834-WOFF in order to submit your thoughts, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later. Uh, But our first response actually comes from the Something Awful message boards, uh, the video games podcast uh, uh, mega thread on the uh, video games subforum. So Craig 588 from Something Awful says, As a noted bad games forum opinion haver, I figure I'll add this about Fallout in opposition to the comments on WAF about bleakness and violence. I always felt like playing Fallout 1 and 2 was like playing with action figures that the developers had set up for me in order to tell little stories. Nothing felt serious or dramatic, but everything was incredibly fun because the method of storytelling was so unique. The stories went as deep as I wanted to go, but never forced themselves upon me. I replayed both of them so many times because I always had options for what I had wanted to see and how far I wanted to take it. I can't play games that are incredibly dramatic for too long. I had to take multiple breaks before I could finish Hotline Miami because it was too intense. The whole Fallout series has a very friendly feel relative to other games. Like, the writers are welcoming you back every time you replay it. Even the random encounters are like the developers guiding you and getting super excited as they notice stuff. Yeah, I know you were going over there, but this will be cool. I promise, I don't just stick a lightning bolt in a circle over everything. I remember reading somewhere that Fallout 2 ended up with a lot more jokes because when the developers split into teams, all of them thought they'd make their area the funny one. I don't know if there's any truth to that though.
0: So thank you,
2: Craig five eighty eight.
0: Thank you, uh, Craig five eighty eight. Um, yeah, the uh, one of the big reasons, you know, so Fallout 2, like I love Fallout 2, but it's a lot goofier. Yeah. And uh, and but I don't think this one's humorless. I think that when you say, you know, it doesn't. I, you know I don't quite agree with you about that you know, things seeming uh, you know I think that it does kind of feel like playing with toys and I, I like this idea of the developers throwing a circle of lightning bolt around cool stuff mm-hmm. um, but I never I just had I had a different experience of it where it didn't feel like uh, it didn't feel dramatic to me like a lot of that stuff worked I think a lot of it was the music um, for the game
2: yeah I, I like that idea of playing with action figures though because yeah. um, I, I remember you know for some reason, even though I grew up in the in the nineties, I, I I played with uh, um, Army Men like I hmm. uh, grew up in the nineteen forties or whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, you know the Army men and Nick and like, Knight,
0: Cole Ross story. <laughs> army men.
2: <laughs> army <Nick> Men. And <laughs> men. I'll be men in a good night. Watch a young man as he explores the
0: world of his, the world of his imagination as he calls Cole, Cole's a Benjamin Button character in some some way, shape, or form. Like he's just got this this amazing form of reverse progeria. And... <laughs> Watch as Cole listens to Bewitched
2: as he puts the fire fighter people at the front of the stage and by firefighter people he means the flamethrower guys because yes. they obviously have the shortest range ah yes um <laughs> <is the> stage. <laughs> yeah so so, <laughs> so yeah like I I, st- I I still saw them in fact when i was home for uh for thanksgiving uh they like they were like you need to clean out your old toys and shit and there was a big bag of army men and i was like was I ralphie from the christmas story like <laughs> like, what, like what the fuck <laughs>
0: That's a blessing, though. You go home and your parents like you had to go clean out your old toys, like <laughs> put me, your hands together like a fly. Like let just, me keep these. Yeah, just like Ooh, I want to do this. Yeah, the, uh, uh, I like that idea too about uh, games being too dramatic to play in yeah. like one sitting. Like God help everybody who's going <laughs> to download The Walking Dead now. Yeah, you know, who didn't, who, have like, who didn't have it parsed out, limitation. you know, mercifully over the course of months. <laughs> like it won the award, which we're both really happy about, yes. and then tons of people are going to play it, and then just. <laughs> Sink into deep, terrible depressions.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, but the, 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 they'll they will be better for it. Do we agree? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, 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 that's a great <laughs> game.
0: I'm glad that it's getting recognition. So.
2: Maybe humans are the real monsters, Gary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah. thank you, uh, thank you, Craig. Thank you so much. Um, this next message comes from uh, Vivienne. Uh, Vivienne, I'll just say her her first name because I'm not yes. sure. Um, and she is on the Facebook group, and uh, she says. <clears throat> I just got to the part of, one of the neat things when we do these two-part episodes is people can comment <laughs> the first episode, which both these, uh, both the scouts are, which I like. I um, just got to the part of the Fallout cast, about 45 in, where you guys were talking about playing games as an avenging cowboy hero archetype, and it reminded me of something that struck me about the entire Fallout series that I wish I would remembered to post something about before you cast. Maybe somebody else said something to this effect to you, or will later. Anyway, the thing about Fallout, and Fallout 2, Fallout 3, and New Vegas, is that, that's always interesting to me, is that I couldn't bring myself to be a bad guy. I have a friend who loved the shit out of Fallout 2, and his favorite thing about the game was the ability to commit genocide and take out every single man, woman, and child in the world. I have another friend whose favorite part of Fallout 3, Fallout 3 is nuking Megaton, Megaton for the sake of ten pennies view, which I respect the audacity of, um, as well as the little nod to Marvin the Martian, hmm. but I think that these people are nuts, because I can't be evil in Fallout. I remember having a ball, being a gargantuan dickhead the first time I played KOTOR. The evil options of that game were so dastardly in a cartoonish, mustache twirling way, whether destroying an entire planet's ecosystem to expedite a quest because you're too lazy, or leveraging the Wookiee Party member's life debt to have him strangle the hell out of the game's manic pixie teen NPC. (laughs) It was funny and fun because the Jedi code is stupid, (laughs) and people in that game were stupid, and it was easy to detach myself from it and see it purely as a toy. But Fallout is different. When I run into the really nasty people and situations in those games, it makes me distraught and angry. Something about the earnestness of the setting and our, to our own reality, even in its moments of seeming absurdity, the banality of the evil being uh, the banality of the evil being things like attacking and killing strangers for their weapons and tools or kidnapping people to sell them slavers, makes mm-hmm. the evil in those games less funny. That, combined with the higher quality of the writing, than most RPGs that focus on these more sorts of moral development dilemmas and this range of choices makes it easy to put myself in the character's shoes, makes it easy to be as grossed out when I stumble on a cannibal or something as any person would be. And somehow it feels like the world needs my character to be the man with no name. Like the missing piece of its creative puzzle is a Roland to defend all the people who can't defend themselves. Thank you for making me feel like less of an affected dork about it.
2: <laughs> so,
0: thank you Vivian. Sorry that I, if I, I stumbled um, when reading that. But uh, yeah, I, lo- I love that idea that like certain games, like it is, um, you yeah. know, impossible to be evil in because they do such a good job. Like Torment. Yeah, Torment is so hard. Like I struggled to be evil <laughs> in this last playthrough, and it was the I maybe the third, fourth, or fifth time I played that game, and it was the first time I'd done it. Um, yeah, you know, and I did it for the sake of the show. You know, it's so hard to be evil in the <laughs> yeah. game. Um, with these, with the Fallout games and the Baldur's Gate games, I usually do an evil playthrough, but it's. I feel the same way that you do, where it's like it's hard to be evil, but I also want to get so much out of them. Like, I love them so much that it's important for me to see the alternatives. Right. But I love that bit about, the, you know, the game, there being a missing piece of the narrative that, like, is the main character being this kind of avenging cowboy.
2: Well, it's, it's kind of like uh, the reason why I reloaded every time a team member died, because that wasn't the way I wanted the game to play out. Right.
0: Like, right? that's not the story.
2: Like I didn't want to be the person who stole the water chip from the uh, from the ghouls in Necropolis, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. So I I, I like that. I I like the idea of drawing uh, drawing a line in the sand.
0: Yeah, I also, I mean, and the game. I love that the the games give you the option to to do both in such a meaningful, Mm -hmm. you know, like the the evil in the game is you know she like in Fallout Two does really just specifically thinking about the the slavers in Fallout Two are are really great. Um, That's a really really evil faction, and it you know it's really like the, the times I've gone through inside with the slaver is like, that's so hard to do because they're mm-hmm. such bastards and it is so like, right. you know, an elemental evil where it's about economics and food and weapons. You know, it's not right. about big ideas.
2: Yeah. Mundane evil is uh, like, as, as Vivian put it, money mundane, mundane evil is gross yeah. compared to like comic book evil.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. do you want to uh, get dipped in the vat of the uh, forced deliberation virus? yes okay. yes let's do that
1: you think you can destroy me destroy me. oh
2: i am a new form of life ah yes Mur. me deliberate good ah laser mini gun shoot <laughs> at Vivienne but bullets of victory for she has given the winning opinion to the super deliberate deliberating race
0: Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, so so we're gonna give it to, to Vivian. Um, I I really like that. Uh, you know, bringing up what's special about the moral system in, in these games, and I really like that bit about the banality of evil. Um, yeah, you know, that's harder to do.
2: Yeah, or banal evil is harder to do than uh, megalomani-
0: megalomaniacal. Evil. Yes, and easier to pronounce, harder to do. Um, yes. <laughs> so, in a, in a perfect world, um, we would give you a copy of Shadowrun for the Super Nintendo, um, to play on your virtual console. But, uh, Gary, are you one of the richest kings in Europe? Uh, no, no, I'm not.
2: That, <laughs> Neither am I. Yes.
0: So, I actually don't know how <laughs> rare that game is. Um, but we'd have to buy you a Super Nintendo and all that jazz. Um, but because it's an imperfect world, um, instead, um, if you are not already on it, you should join the Steam group. And let me throw you something cool on the Steam group um you know or uh, Paris ID if you want to play along with that because that's what we're doing after that um we're going to you know we're going to gift you up just a quick uh, note about gifts so uh sometimes you know we talk about like yeah we're going to do this cool thing for somebody and then uh we don't and it's because we forget it's not because we don't want to like i have a big steam wallet full of something like two pages of just stuff i'm waiting to give out to people that i just buy when it's on sale like it's not because i don't we don't want to do it i just forget things so if at any point, right. if you won um, one of the deliberations or if you if we were like, yeah, we're going to do this cool thing for you, like we want to do it. I just yeah. maybe forgot. And then I keep saying we <laughs> when I say I want to do it and then say I forgot because I'm pretty sure that I am the one who's who's fucking that up more. <laughs>
2: um, cool no, it's it, it's it's on both of us. This
0: show belongs to both of us. Yes. Yeah, so, so we share in the, the mistakes <laughs> as well. Um, yes. So, yes, but I, I it's it's I fuck that up.
2: So if you demand recompense, you can use the contact form on the website or email us at watch out for uh, or whatever you would like to do. Um I'm sure that's one of those things. Yes. Um, <laughs> or email us at watch out for fireballs at um in order to uh you know get that uh satisfaction. We will happily make things right for you. We will make you
0: whole. Um <laughs> so the, speaking of games we're going to be doing next, um the next game we're doing is the Shatter Run um for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um a wonderful point-and-click RPG hybrid. Um have you started that yet, Cole?
2: No, no, I have not. Um as I mentioned during the episode, I just uh before oh, yeah. we recorded this beat Fallout. Um, I looked at before we play or how long to beat or whichever one of those things we do. That's a longish game. Um, and I'm I'm excited to play it, but I'm a little bit daunted as well.
0: That that thing has proven inaccurate in the past.
2: Um uh, Yes, that is true. Although the sample size on how long to beat is about like four people long. So
0: Yeah, so that's actually pretty good. So it might be a little bit longer. Um I think between this these last three episodes we've proven that we don't know how to uh, predict how long something's going to take us to play or talk about. So right. that's the uh, gargantuan <laughs> length of these last three. Uh, but we haven't right. heard any negative feedback about it, so we're just going to keep uh, following our crazy, yeah. crazy diamond. We're,
2: we're going to keep getting longer and longer. Yes,
0: until eventually, yes. <laughs> um, after that, we're going to be doing Parasite Eve. It's available on the PlayStation Network for nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. A uh, yes. kind of a hybrid, uh it's a hybrid RPG uh, ball. Yes. For, for watching balls.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, so it is a an RPG slash survival horror kind of game mm-hmm. um, with a great gun customization kind of a sub mechanic, which I'm really looking forward to mm-hmm. and hoping it's as good as I remember it
0: being. Yep. Um, after yeah. that, we're going to be doing Yoshi's Island, um, contender for mm-hmm. the best all time best Mario game. Um, it's winter. That means we <laughs> do bastard Mario games. And yes. uh, I'm looking forward to this as a nice palate cleanser of all this like gloom and doom. Um, cuz it is it is uh, amazing, you know, amazingly good looking and bright happy game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this has been the fall of uh bleak sci-fi/fantasy slash kind of games for us mm-hmm. from Gabriel Knight all the way through to uh this this uh Shadowrun game. Yeah. Um so it'll be nice to see some kind of color yeah. as we enter And and we thought Turbo was going year. to be
0: really bright and shiny but that turned out to be the bleakest <laughs> game of all. Um yeah. That made the real world look worse. Um, it did. And, and spring is when we're going to do our whole entire spring of Japanese dating sims. So.
2: Yes, exactly. Not
0: proven. Um, not true. Um, <laughs> Nor confirmed. Yes, I...
2: I. We we need to talk about that.
0: Sure. <laughs> um, you just... I, the uh, after that, so after that, we're doing another one of our kind of special subject games, and we are doing a game all about video game music, or a show all about video game music and sound. Yes. So we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, uh, our favorite music and video games, how sound design contributes. Um, we want a lot of listener participation for that one. Um, yes, you know, so we want to know what your favorite, uh, video game songs are and all of that jazz. So it's going to be a big, awesome, fun episode. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit.
2: Or even say what the worst is, knowing that the proper answer is the soundtrack from Sonic R.
0: <laughs> the worst video game—I haven't thought about that in a while—but worst video game music is a good idea. Like, because yeah. bad video game music—I mean, usually <laughs> the the issue—and I talk about this a lot on the the Let's Plays—is that it's you know three and a half seconds looping. So right. it's like, and no no music is good looping three and a half seconds. That's what yeah. happens when you like play Tag and Dragons and stuff like that. So after, um, after the music episode, we're going to announce here that we are doing another two-parter, um, after a few episodes, and we are doing, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Woo-hoo! Which, yes, yes, uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a Facebook group that, uh, my friend Jeremy started, which is just called Final Fantasy Tactics is the Best Game Ever.
1: And, uh, <laughs> which I joined, really I don't necessarily think
0: is the best game ever, but I love it. Uh, we're yeah. gonna be doing that in two parts, we don't have the delineation point down just yet. But uh it's a, it's a long game, it's a big game, it takes a lot to beat, but it's really easily available now. I mean, it's available for
2: Yeah, PSN, yeah.
0: iOS. It's good on the iOS.
2: Um, PSP It is it's fantastic on iPad. Yeah. I can I can attest to that. Um and it's like like every Square Enix game, it's 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 uh, ridiculously expensive on o- iOS, but you will It's not expensive
0: uh, at all. It's only expensive in compared to iOS games. Like yeah, it's actually <laughs> a really reasonable price for Final Fantasy Tactics, okay. like Okay, like- so it is
2: it is sixteen McDoubles. Yes, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: or thirty-two mixed singles. Um, so the, the uh, uh, but I, you know, final Fantasy tactics. Not very much else needs to be said about that. But we've never done a right. game like that on the show, which I'm really excited no. about. Um, it's one of my favorite genres. And then spring hmm. is going to be all stuff co
1: because we've done <laughs> Gabriel Knight
0: and then uh, Fallout and you know Shadow Run. And then we're doing Final Fantasy Tactics. So it's just going to be Silent Hill. (laughs) One, three, four, five. (laughs) 6-7, Shattered uh, Rain, Memory of Town, all of the different spinoffs. <laughs> shattered Rain, Memory of Town.
2: And, th- and then June is going to be a two-part episode on Dark Souls. Yeah.
0: Have fun. Yeah, I, yeah, two parts. Good night. Um, I would start a Dark Souls podcast with you at this point, like, if we could sustain it. Like, I am so into thinking about and talking about that game right now. It's insane. Yeah. I was so happy to do the level just to, like, have a chance to talk about it, even though I didn't get to talk about it very much.
2: To even broach it, yeah. <laughs> so we'll we will figure out what happens after um a, after Final Fantasy Tactics. But all of that time we were leading up and saying, yeah, it kind of seems like we're doing the same games every time of the year. This is our uh, our mirror, our analog of final of doing Final Fantasy
0: six. Yep. Um, it's just a, it's just about a month later because of uh, circumstances. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but we will be doing some, some um, really kind of messing with the flavor a little bit in spring. And we talked about a couple of things, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about them. Um, mm-hmm. Just a couple of quick admin things. I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Lou um, of Lou Reed's Internet yes. for you for helping us out with the Skebbit at the beginning of the episode. Um, I met him through the Something Awful forum the same way I met Cole. And uh, he is a, an amazing gentleman. He's been really helpful with anything that uh, I've ever, you know, I've had him collaborate on an episode of D.I.V., before and i love his Mm -hmm. podcast it is a legitimate like out of the ones that came you know when i first was introduced to the something awful podcast the only ones i still listen to are cole's and lou's and uh because he is doing god's work like i love that podcast (laughs) so much
2: yeah you can find him at lou not lou reed like the musician but lou reeds is in like somebody looking at characters and saying them Mm -hmm. um and you can find all of his stuff he talks about like he he literally dredges the worst that the internet has to yeah. offer.
0: Well, so, sometimes it's the worst, and sometimes it's just the, the weirdest. But it's a little bit, it's all like the Weekend Web, which is a something awful for uh or something awful feature I really liked. But, yeah. like, it's all stuff, like, the most recent episode is about, like, people, like, the message boards for these dildos that are shaped like dragon parts. <laughs> like, so even, there's there's a little bit of, like, just ha, 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 you know, dragon dildos to yeah. it. But think about that for a second, WAF listeners. Mm-hmm. Like, aren't you interested in the psychology behind somebody who, like, cares enough to register for a forum for dragon dildos and yeah. like it's just like i need to talk to other dragon dildo enthusiasts and like it's it's fucking fascinating is what i'm getting at yeah. like and tons of the stuff like there's like meth addicts um, he talks about people like real dolls who like all the just like interesting you know fucking weirdos on the internet and it yeah. gives you like a, you know it's a non-judgmental peak at their you mm-hmm. know no like you know non-editorial peak at what what they're doing. And it's awesome. And I, you know, every time it comes out, it's one of the first shows I listen to.
2: He has a fantastic voice. Like he has, he has an awesome microphone presence and everything. And the closest that he gets to editorializing is he doesn't cut out his laughs when something just grosses him out, but that just amplifies the effect. Yeah.
0: Eventually you, you come to, to anticipate those. And like when they, (laughs) when they show up, it's it's amazing. So I'm a big fan. I'm not just paying him lift service. Like he helped us out because I've worked with him a little bit before. Um, I'm not Mm -hmm. just blowing smoke. Like I'm a genuine fan. I've listened to every episode of the show and I love it. So you guys should check it out as well. So thank you very much, Lou.
2: Yes. We admire
0: and respect you. Um, Further, just, and we'll make this quick long episode, but um, listen to our other shows. Listen to uh, the, the pitch is my new show um, with Braden comes out every Wednesday. Um, I did, I did the last Friday's episode of the level uh, with Mm -hmm. uh, Cole and his buddies, which was tons of fun and uh, is of interest to watch out for fireballs fans.
2: Um, if you would like to get in touch with us here on the show, you can um, check out the Facebook group that is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. Uh, there is a very active discussion happening there about whatever game we happen to be playing either for the show or, or, or in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really appreciate any participation that happens there. And um, there's the usual stuff that we uh, would love for you to do because it is the lifeblood of our show, which is telling friends, uh, continuing to listen, and rating us and reviewing us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have been incredibly successful there as of recent, and that is entirely, I mean, entirely Mm -hmm. thanks to you. So uh, both Gary and I. Genuinely appreciate that, uh, both for what it does for the show
0: and for what it does for our egos. Yes. Yeah, so, it is for both. Yeah. Um, as far as what, uh, physically, so the, the show, you know, costs us money and what you guys have all been coming through with this, but I'd like to, con- excuse me, encourage you to continue. Um, you know, that audible link that we have is a really huge way to help out the show and the Amazon referral link for, you know, it's almost Christmas. This is maybe the last full episode that's coming out before Christmas, um Potentially. yeah i think it is so it's important you know if you're it doesn't cost you anything extra just to go through that amazon link and uh and hit us up right so you know just buy all the stuff you normally would which just help us yeah. out you don't want more money going to greedy old amazon <laughs> do you man. <laughs> old man amazon um oh, old, man, old amazon. man amazon is close yeah. with a shotgun that,
2: <laughs> that is duckfeed.tv slash tip jar where you can see the amazon link on the left hand side yeah
0: and what else in addition to that
2: We are everywhere you are. Yes.
1: And
0: I was actually queuing up the closer line to you, but it's okay. So I'm No, no, don't don't worry. No, don't don't apologize. (laughs) They're listening, Cole.
2: (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, Um, no. So they should watch out for really, really long podcasts because it kind of like burns through their bandwidth. mm -hmm. Uh, They should watch out for us on Steam because we really just play Faster Than Life and (laughs) fucking shit. Faster
0: Than Life. The new album by Moby. (laughs) <laughs> After you, by Cole Ross and
2: Coca-Cola. We we really just play faster than light and uh, Binding of Isaac, you know. So you should watch out for that. And also, just general advice for life: uh, watch out for fireballs, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. who knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So talk to me. Talk your way through, or talk our way through the your experience at the cathedral.
2: Can I take a minute and go use the restroom? Because I've had a little bit too much Great Lakes Christmas ale.
0: No. Yes. Ah, son First. of a bitch. Okay,
2: I don't oh. want to buy another chair. Okay,
0: I'll right. bring her back. <laughs> Sorry. You should have a bottle. Watch your You're a model. <laughs> I'm not Howard to use. Damn it. Okay. Moon layer. <laughs> Did you say moon layer? I a goon
2: layer. Oh yeah, okay. I
0: said like a goon layer. <laughs> I'd rather it be moon layer. Uh, <laughs> I would like that much better. Yeah, that's a way better layer.
2: <laughs> I'll be right back.